I'm Zach Snyder. And I'm Aiden Matthews. And welcome back to another episode of another YouTube podcast. One stop shop for anything and everything related to YouTube. Woo! I- I'm still uh I'm still getting the habit of saying we're back, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, the the sad thing about it is, since we're so used to saying it, and now that we don't need to anymore, there's no opening left anymore. It's, it's just, just like just dead and weightless. Yeah, like we've done this a thousand times before, and yet like we we haven't done it that much either at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a it's a weird contradiction. These openings are in limbo, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So today on another YouTube podcast, we're going to be talking all about the pitfalls of content creation. Any potential problems that may hit you up in one form or another, whether it's early on in your YouTube career or like year 10, (laughs) these problems can show up all the time. And we're going to talk about them and where we can try to offer potential solutions. Keep in mind, we're not a therapist. We're not... (laughs) problem solvers 100% of the time. We're probably going to get stumped on a couple of these, and that's cool. Uh, But we're just here to let you know, number one, these are problems. These are things that are out there. And if possible, we'll try to answer them and make your life a bit better. (laughs) Exactly. This is It's all about the dialogue, right? Like, we're going to try our best to come up with solutions for these, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're 100% right. Yeah. But, uh, we'll, you know, it's we'll good to talk best. about these things and talk about how we feel like certain problems can be solved and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, of course, after you listen to the episode, if you have any input yourself, you can always put them out in the comment section and we'll, we'll talk about it next episode. E. So, right quick, just wanted to announce that the podcast is now on Spotify. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's pretty lit, actually. Yeah. That's really cool. It, it only took, like... A year, but it's all mm-hmm. good. I think it's They're still pretty cool. Yeah. Every episode, finally. So that's pretty lit. Um and without further ado, let's just let's just jump right into your week on YouTube trademark. I thought you were gonna skip it and say let's jump right into the topic, and I'm like, Zach, did you honestly forget the best segment? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. How can I, was about I forget to rail it? you? <laughs> I was about to rail in. How can I forget the best, the best Jay the Zoomer's section. favorite segment? Yeah, I think we should start announcing it as that, like, Jay the Zoomer's favorite segment, <laughs> week on tra- your week on trademark, YouTube. Your week on trademark. <laughs> there we go. Uh, what's funny is I don't think he's watched the last two episodes. Really? Yeah. That's sad. It is sad. Can we hit five likes we have five on this likes. video? Alexa, please play Despacito. <laughs> I'm tired of this meme, but at the same time, I still love it. I still I know. It. I know it's great. I love it. <laughs> I hate I hate Despacito, but I love it at the same time. It's trash. It's so funny. But I'm on that level. I'm on that level. You know, it's not a bad song. It's actually mm. not a bad song. I think it's mm. okay. It's a bit irritating. Um, <laughs> after you hear it so many times, absolutely. Sure. But anyways, uh your week on YouTube trademark. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the favorite section of, of everybody's podcast listening time. Um, I guess I'll start this week since you started last time. Yeah, we'll go back and forth a bit. Get, yeah. a, get a bit of a flow, a pattern. If get you a little will. rhythm into it, yeah. So uh, I didn't really do a whole lot this week. 
um, as far as videos go, because like I said last time, I'm trying to get a video out every couple days. Uh, and so far that's working. I'm supposed to get another video out tonight. Hopefully that happens. It's a recap. Um, ironically, it's a recap that was supposed to come out at, in February. And so it's still got Zach with long hair in it. So I think I'm going to make a meta joke in there. I'm going to try to film that after the podcast and put that in there. Should <laughs> be good. Um, other than that, I put out Nast Zach, which I've decided to do like once a month now because any more frequently, it's too, it's too much. Too memey. But it's too memey. Well, actually, I really like recording them and I really like editing them, but I feel like if I do them too often, I don't have enough content for it. Fair enough. And especially, especially with the, the quality of questions that I get asked. Oh yeah, for sure. It's yeah. not a questions on the couch scenario where you get into like deep philosophical moments along with your dumb, stupid questions. It's mainly, it's mainly the latter. dumb, stupid <laughs> questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what happened because at first it was, it was a good mixture. Mm-hmm. And now it's not. <laughs> I remember. I remember it being pretty good in its early days on Sabijin Games. Yeah. And then once it kind of got middle of the road, and then once it got to ZSP, especially, it just became a, a meme good time. Yeah, which I'm cool with, honestly. I mean, sure. I have my, my my thumbnail for the most recent video is my face on on Garfield's body. On Garfield, yeah. So it's uh, you know, it's pretty quality content. You know? Some of the Assac thumbnails are, are pretty good in general. I they're some of my favorites. <laughs> I I try to I try to make them somewhat you know somewhat presentable. <laughs> uh, surreal is the word I use. Surreal is a good good word for it actually. Yeah. Um, I think I looked up trippy background for the uh the the background for the the latest image. Mm-hmm. so that I could make that thumbnail. And I was like, I need something with fractals in it. And I found just what I was looking for. I didn't even have to look up the word fractals, so it was perfect. Nice. Yeah. It's almost like uh, like Destiny had had made that happen. I feel you. Uh, anyways, that's stupid. I'm still trying to do the IGTV grind. I haven't quite gotten it to daily yet because it's hard, but going to try to get that soon. Um, I want to do, I, I still want to do the whole like reviewing TV show episodes and comic books and all that kind of stuff in an IGTV format. And I might do that or I might put that show on Facebook. So it's like, so like Facebook has an original show, but I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Contemplating those things. Other than that, I didn't get that one job that I wanted. Aw. And the that one, sucks. Uh, yeah, the one uh, Tim Schmoyer thing. Yeah. I was kind of hoping I was going to get that. I'm still waiting to hear back on a couple of editing positions. So if I can get one of those, that'd be great. The um, one we talked about the past two episodes, we still don't know about that yeah, one Yeah, still don't know about that yet. Okay. Still waiting. Okay. But, uh, the art uh, continues. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, that'd be nice. It, it would be <laughs> It would be very helpful. Uh, if mm-hmm. Regardless of that, I'm going to the next couple of days... I'm going to go send out some more like DMs and emails and stuff to, to other people trying to make, trying to make that shit happen, you know? I feel you. I feel you. Um, and then that's pretty much it, man. It's nice. Nice and short and to the point. Mine's going to be pretty much the same. (laughs) I don't know if you noticed this, but, uh, it's pretty much been 
the monthly battle league and uh the monthly battle league essentially <laughs> although week two was especially interesting in the fact that like i'd done the prepping and the planning for it mm-hmm. like early in the week but the battle didn't happen until like the last second really so because of that i had just gotten up from a nap and i'm like half awake <laughs> and because i so record loud. the battles live i forgot like everything i forgot my team i forgot tight matchups and so I'm just half awake going through it being like, what affects this again? Let me look through the dual type chart and whatever. But the crazy thing was like, I won. Like I won at the end of it. Really? It wasn't through my planning and it wasn't through my team. The other guy made a mistake. <laughs> that's that's pretty great. And I played well enough to to capitalize on it. And that, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> that's, that's pretty great. <laughs> but uh, wow. that's the main thing. I'm sure some people are wondering about the E3 video, and that's just like, I want to do it, but I don't want to do it. You know, I I don't have motivation to. I feel like if I had gotten an E3 video out, the best time to do it would have been right around E3, but I wasn't home at the time, so it was was weird. It was bizarre, Um, but that's still in the planning phases uh, alongside, and this entered the planning phases this week, a particular Mario Odyssey video. Ooh. has now has a, a rough draft if you will that's good i recorded an entire take of it i'll probably have to redo it because it's a bit sloppy in some parts but uh yeah i got the footage recorded for it i got the take recorded for it I'm not gonna say when that video is coming out but oh this isn't the uh this isn't the verses it's something different this is something different this is oh. something differently entirely oh what one that's familiar to you because I've brought it up before. I think you know what uh, you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. Cool. Mario Odyssey versus still on the back burner because of Jay. Um, mm-hmm. Or that's what I'm saying. I could probably just edit it and not even care and just upload it and that'd be it. Uh, but I, I, I can blame it on somebody, so it feels a lot nicer <laughs> that <you> way. <laughs> and then aside from that, really the anniversary is the main thing I'm focusing on. My channel turns two years old on the 20th of June. Um, a couple of things I'm having to plan for. I'm probably going to do a live stream that day, as well as a second anniversary special. And I'm thinking, and this is just an idea, it's up in the air, possibly bringing back questions on the couch to do like an anniversary version of that, because I know a lot of people have been waiting for it. Um, But that would mean I would have to make two episodes of it. One to answer last, the last time's questions, and then another one to actually do the anniversary ones. So I would have to do two of those. I would go ahead and do the anniversary one and then have the, the other one just come out. Just on hold. Point. Yeah. Just on hold. Fair enough. Yeah. That could work entirely because the last one was at the start of 2018. <laughs> so so a while ago, about six months ago. So I'm sure those questions are, are nice and relevant and spicy. <laughs> I, I wonder how many Ugandan Knuckles memes are in that. Oh, I'm, I'm sure a lot. I'm sure a lot of them, really. <laughs> sure they're all pretty bad honestly uh but yeah looking forward to that um excited to see where that goes i might try to throw in a giveaway of something depending on how the finances be looking <laughs> and what yeah, i can't I afford to actually right. give away <laughs> but uh I'm, I'm more of my time i'm trying to make it bigger and better than last time because last time there was just a one-year anniversary video that was kind of a vlog. It was essentially like the life of Aiden in one day, but it was like highly edited and stuff like that. Right. So this year I'm trying to, you know, not only do the anniversary video, but a live stream, questions of the couch, giveaway, all this sort of fun stuff. Just because like year two was 
such a long year, and I, I want to end it off on the right foot. Yeah, for sure. Even if I haven't been doing a whole lot. Um, but aside from that, that's pretty much it. I've noticed that when I looked at Creator Studio, I'm close to like 400 videos, which is cool. That's awesome. That's just a, that's just a neat milestone that I thought I wouldn't have reached. Yeah. And uh, I even cleaned up the room in here, so it looks nice. There's not a bunch of VHS tapes, boxes, and shit all over the place. I finally went out of my way and cleaned it up and make it look nice. It feels good to clean shit sometimes. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. that's often something that we forget about when we're busy making videos and stuff. And the cool part about it, too, was... Uh, and this is another neat little development. Probably not important to YouTube, but important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom... At her work, they were getting rid of some of uh, her chairs at the office. Ooh. And she picked a couple of them up. And I was asking, I'm like, yo, you got two of these. You mind if I use one of them? Because the <laughs> black chair I had been using um, yeah. has, like, no back support. And, of course, my posture is awful because I slightly lean forward all the time. And I yeah. noticed this chair had, like, a comfy backrest and it looked all professional and office And I'm like, yo, can I have that? And she's like, sure. So I've just been sitting in this chair all day. It's just, it's just nice. That's I feel like my health is already getting better. <laughs> I, I currently have a chair that has no back on it. Yeah. And I've had this chair <laughs> like this for like a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. And I, I really need to, need to fix that. I need to get a new chair. Um, as soon as I pay like the bills this month, I think that's what I'm going to do is try to get, I want to get an Elgato uh, green screen. They have, like, these really nice green screens that you can, like, what, how do you how do you explain it? They, like, what? pull out of this thing and just, like, stick up straight without any, without having to, like, lean up on anything or anything like that. It's pretty nice. Uh, so I want to get one of those, and then I want to get an actual fucking chair because I'm tired of not having a back on, on my chair. Oh, it's like a little panel. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it so looks kind of like cool. a smart board setup a little bit. Almost, yeah. So For anybody who doesn't know what a smart board is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think they still have those in schools. Sure. But, yeah, those um, look cool. Yeah, I want to get that. Um, I, I, I will them. say, I didn't real, I didn't know about it until recently. I will say, though, that having a laptop now has been really nice because I've just said, fuck my desk and just gone in the living room and done some editing in there. That's pretty nice. I'm sure that is really nice. Yeah. So me um, and you have both been going through some upgrades recently because not only did I get this chair, but right when I got home from the South Carolina trip, I had gotten a desk finally. I got nice. those Logitech speakers that Damien was talking about with the subwoofer on the back, which is great. Mm-hmm. And now with this new chair, it feels like a completely different room and setup in here. Yeah. Which is cool, sure. which is nice. Upgrades are nice. Um, they don't happen often. But let me tell you, credit, ooh, credit's ooh. nice. <laughs> very, very nice. Very, very nice. Exactly. Uh, very yeah, Because I, I got my desktop and laptop recently, and uh, that's been the big upgrades right there, which is, I think I'm, I'm going to be paying for it for a few more months, but it's fine. That's cool. Yeah. The desktop's probably the, the big one, because you can just do more editing, more rendering. Mm-hmm. It's great for live streams. Play games, whatever. Fucking fantastic for live streams. Um, It's like a whole new world. Cool. Um, Yeah, That's my week on YouTube, trademark. 
Hope you enjoy. <laughs> oh, I had a couple of other things to mention. Uh, me and you started doing a series for the, the gaming channel. That's Oh, yeah, yeah. Going to be starting in the next month or so. Mm. So that's dope. Uh, yeah, got some more, more leadway on that. Hype for that. I also realized, I was looking at analytics earlier today, and in the last year, um, next month will be my one year anniversary for this channel. I know, right? It's yeah, so it's cool. just crazy. Uh, but in the last year, I've gotten almost like more than double all of my analytics on this channel compared to Subijin Games. So that's pretty cool. One bit. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. But yeah, it was like the views were were substantially different. The uh, the watch time was even more different, and then the subscribers. It was like you know, however many subscribers this channel has now compared to forty subscribers on the other one. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty you know cool. What, you know what that means, though. What if your one year anniversary is coming up? That also mm-hmm. means that the podcast one-year anniversary is coming up, too. That's true. The first episode, I'm looking at it now, episode zero, was released on August 13th, 2017. Damn. Yeah. It comes out, yeah, that's a month from now. Yep. So we're going to be hitting my anniversary next week, yours next month, and then about a month from now, the podcast anniversary as a whole. <laughs> yeah. Pretty Something about those crazy. summer months. It's just a good time to start projects, essentially, is what I'm gathering. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's the um, real lesson. Yeah. My my actual YouTube anniversary uh, was in May. Oh, for some new games? Well, for just, like, in general. Like, the first time I started doing YouTube. Oh, uh, we're talking YouTube like, channel? Yeah. Oh, okay. That was, like, yeah, I think it's been seven years. Some years, Jeez. a couple months, and then Subijin Games will be in in November. Um, that'll be that'll also be seven seven years at that point. Pretty, That's crazy. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Um, yeah, <laughs> just makes me feel old. I can imagine. <laughs> but there it is. Here we go on YouTube. All that good stuff. We got it done quick today. Yeah, just nice. I figured we would. I figured yeah. we would. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, do you want to explain the, the main topic? Okay. So in case you don't recall about 20 minutes ago, <laughs> yeah. our main topic this time is talking about potential pitfalls that YouTubers might come across, whether it's early on in your career or later on. These are problems that can crop up uh, and might affect the content or you as a whole. Who knows? We're going to try to go through as many as we can talk about the problems in depth, and if possible, offer a solution. But more often than not, what I imagine that this topic's going to end up being is just venting about how we have these problems ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. But hopefully that'll be helpful to you listening out there. And we do have a list. We did do a little bit of prepping beforehand, uh, but we might be adding on to it as it continues down the line. So maybe expect this one to be be a longer boy. Who knows? (laughs) We'll see. I mean, I've got the rest of the evening free, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, same. You're not wrong. Yeah. But uh, So I want you cool. to start. Go ahead and pick one off the list. <laughs> okay, so I'll talk about the one that, one of the first ones that I put on the list that I think affects a lot of people 
um, the majority of people by what I've seen are on like a mental health level, which is being consumed by, by vanity. So Mm -hmm. people get, um, they either feel too high of themselves or too low of themselves based on the views that they get, the subscribers they get, and then based on the comments that they get. Right. Typically these type of people associate their own personal worth to the numbers that their YouTube channel is getting. So Mm -hmm. things like the views, the likes, comments, and overall growth as a whole, you know, they think that that reflects off on them. And part of my solution to combat this problem is to realize that growth doesn't necessarily involve the numbers on your channel, Mm -hmm. right? growth doesn't necessarily come down to how many subscribers you get and how many views you get and how many likes you get. It comes down to how good your videos are becoming, how much more you're becoming proud of your work. It's the content you're making actually improving. And once you realize that that's the more important flight to take, working toward better content, working toward making a better you as a whole, then I feel like it's a lot harder to be consumed by just the overall numbers and the vanity. A hundred percent agree. Um, it's interesting. I saw a comment recently on my Subjection Games channel uh, for a Let's Play that I did back in like 2014. Terrible audio. It was a Telltale game, like one of their first games, and it was like this guy saying, "I." I have exams this week, but I'm just sitting back and watching Telltale Let's Plays instead. Great commentary. I was like, oh, wow, that's funny. I think this video is shit. Um, (laughs) But I was like, that's cool, man. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And I actually directed him to uh, this channel and he subscribed. So that's cool. That's very cool. um, But my point is, is that like sometimes you get positive comments like that on some of your not so great work. And it's like, it's cool to see that and it's nice, but I, I wouldn't base my, my self-worth off of that comment, you know, because mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that particular content is far inferior to a lot of the stuff that I do now. And that's what, you know, that's what keeps me continuing making videos is how, you know, how well can I make my next video? How how much more can I improve in in the content side of things? Your personal journey is a lot more important. Your personal growth is a lot more important than your channel growing a number or a like or that. Mm -hmm. I know we've mentioned that on several episodes, and I think Patient even mentioned it on the last episode's comment even about like how it should be more important that we're all going on a personal journey and we're all improving as a whole through YouTube and You know, if we look at the numbers and things like that, one thing you got to keep in mind is that as much as we would like to think that better content equals better views, you know, sometimes a lot of that is out of your control. You don't have 100% control of that. What you do have control of is the content you make and the person that you are. And those Mm -hmm. are things that you can actively improve and take charge in. You have no... (laughs) you can't control the amount of views a particular video gets you can try and you can share it around but what ends up being a success in the eyes of the public may be different than what you personally view as a success absolutely that all depends so much on all these outside forces but you yourself 
you being a person in your videos and your content that you can actually and that's something we have control over and i think that helps a lot too most definitely um a lot of people get worked up that their views aren't aren't high and it's at the end of the day if you're not making better content then that doesn't really matter you know and then on the on the opposite side of things there were a lot of bigger YouTubers that'll, you know, they'll have millions of views, they'll have millions of subscribers, have millions of dollars, and they let that consume themselves as well. And mm-hmm. uh, they often believe that they're more important because of it. When at the yeah. end of the day, like, you know, you're, you're just a person like us. And that's, I think the phrase goes, too much success isn't really a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Need- there needs to be failure. There needs to be roadblocks along the way. There needs to be another rung up the ladder, another step to greatness. Right. You don't just reach the top and stay there because it's pretty boring up there and can often lead you feeling like a narcissist and can often leave you feeling like you're above people. But no, there's always steps to grow. PewDiePie mm. may be at the top, but even he is still finding ways to change up his content, to continue evolving. Not only right. as a person, but as a YouTuber as a whole. There's no top rung. There's no top spot. We're all just simply climbing to greatness one step at a time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And loving the journey along the way. Yeah. And, and that's what it really comes down to. You can make all the money in the world. You can make get all the views in the world. But if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then I don't see how you could see that it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but you're, ma- but I'm making all this money. Why wouldn't I see it's worth it? And I mean, I guess, sure. But I personally, you know, I don't want to do things that I don't want to do just because I'm making a shit ton of money, you know? And That's- the thing is, too, that I wanted to briefly mention is numbers do have their value. We're not saying that you should completely ignore your views, your likes, and your subscribers analytics Mm -hmm. are a very important thing and it's something that you should pay attention to of course but only as a as a means of looking at data only as a means of of learning and improving not as something to hold you back not as something to make you feel worse about yourself or superior to other people right Mm -hmm. use it for self-reflection use it for collecting data figure out what you need to do next and you know expound upon yeah, for sure. I mean, I still look at my analytics about once a week, um, and I try to see, you know, what what's going well, what's not going as well, try to figure out what I can do to, like, for instance, one of the best ways to try to figure out how you can get more views and subscribers and stuff is to go see which videos got the most views. Go see which videos you've done that's got the most uh, watch time and go through that and determine, you know, okay, this particular type of video got the most watch time. Maybe I should do this kind of video more, but only do it if that's something you're going to enjoy doing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's what it comes down to. And like, like Aiden said, that those analytics do hold its merits and they're there for a reason, but don't let it consume you at all. Right. There's definitely a line to be crossed, a balance to be achieved, mm-hmm. as in state to reach, if you will. <laughs> Definitely. But that's the first one, being consumed yeah. by vanity. Kind of a big one. Pretty, <laughs> pretty deep. Yeah, pretty deep. Uh, not all these will be like that, but some of them will, just to give you an idea. I'm going to mm-hmm. go ahead and tackle the next one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go 
with YouTube itself being a twat. A lot of people I see a lot of times before they blame themselves and before they blame their content and before they blame anything about themselves at all, they'll blame it on YouTube. It's become a huge thing now that if anything goes wrong with your YouTube career, it's not your fault. No, it's simply YouTube changing the algorithm. It's simply <laughs> YouTube getting in the way and, and changing things. Or maybe they did their layout a weird way or added a feature that nobody likes. And hey, Google Plus is now part of comments, hooray. And yes, YouTube itself can be an issue. But kind of going back to what we said about vanity and all that sort of stuff, unfortunately, you don't have control over it. It's not something you can actively change. Right. And you know, that's what, that's what I like to take, take a look at in my life. I used to deal with stress a lot. Um, and I mean, I still deal with stress on a fairly regular basis, but like stress used to be a much bigger factor in my life and just about everything I did. Um, just cause I've always been so busy and active and stuff. But when it comes down to it, if you take a look at what's stressing you out and one of those things stressing you out is something that you can't control then stop trying to control it. Mm-hmm. Right? Let it I go. Mean, YouTube's changing. It's always going to change. And <clears throat> that platform is not going to, like you're not able to change it yourself unless you start working for YouTube. And if that's your goal, if you really want to make it change that much, then go for it. But at the end of the day, it's it's like when people complain about, oh man, it's raining today and I, I'm not going to be able to cut the grass. Okay. Well, why are you stressing out about it? You can cut grass tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You could have done it yesterday, but you were sitting down watching TV. You know, it's things like that. Like people often, and you know, I've victim of this in the past as well. I'm sure you've dealt with this in the past as well. I think it's, yep. I think it's an everyday human, human trait to want to control everything, but it's just not possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. And placing blame on things you can't control doesn't help solve that matter. You can write your angry emails to YouTube all you want, but at the end of the day, they're a multi-billion dollar company and you're you. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Um, as much as you dislike the platform and as much as you think needs to be changed, not everybody views it that way. Your average everyday Joe just goes on to YouTube to watch cats and sports videos and maybe late night TV possibly. <laughs> That's about it. That's the extent of most people using YouTube. They're not the hardcore crowd. They're not the people who have channels. They're not the people who rely on this platform for money and everything. They're just your everyday people. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing that factors into this too is that the people on this website that are truly going to succeed above all else are the people who know how to adapt to their situation. Something changes, you change to fit that mold. Rather than sitting around complaining, not bothering to change anything, the ones who adapt are already going to be three steps ahead and are going to find a way to make their stuff work no matter what circumstance is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I mean, it, it's like a game of chess, right? It, it's And that's what I see the algorithm as. That's what I see YouTube as a platform. It's like a game. Mm-hmm. You want to win the game, then play the game. If you're playing a game of chess and you're about to lose... You can't just be like, all right, well, I'm going to move my pawn across the board and get rid of the king, and that that's going to help me win. You can't change the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. The, the rules are there. And 
that's how it is for YouTube. It's a platform that gives you the opportunity to put content on there for free. A lot of people forget this. Back in the day, you used to have to pay to put your content somewhere. Um, it allows you to put your stuff there for free. It allows you to use it to your advantage. You've just got to learn the rules of the game and then start working. Mm-hmm. And right? some of you will be like, well, YouTube, I'm morally against. YouTube has done so many wrongs that I simply can't, you know, work well on this platform. And you know what? If that's your answer and if that's really the path you want to follow, adapt to another website. YouTube is not the only place to post content. Definitely not the only place to post content in a 2018 world. Twitter's a thing. Instagram's a thing. Facebook's a thing. BitChute even is a thing if you really want to. Hate YouTube so much, then adapt somewhere else and make that next platform your biggest opportunity yet. If you really have that much of a moral stance against it, if you really feel like YouTube has too many problems, if you really want to make a stand and do something different, then support those platforms that are trying to do something different than YouTube does. Competition is something that is rampant, especially in the world of content creation and Never feel like you're out of options. There's always options on other different social medias and other different platformers. Like we mentioned so many times on this podcast, you're not a YouTuber. You're a content creator. Take advantage of that title. Take advantage of other platforms and take advantage of all the opportunities that you have to make content. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, you've got you've to look at it at a standpoint of, you know, in 2018, we have all these options. 10 years ago, those options didn't exist. 20 years ago, those options definitely didn't exist. YouTube wasn't even a thing. And a lot of people forget that when they look at content creation as a whole. And it's, you know, this wasn't possible back then, but people still got into entertainment, right? People still made podcasts. People still produced TV shows and movies and all kinds of different entertainment stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had to find new and new exciting ways to get that out there because the internet wasn't really a thing. And what was there really wasn't, you know, wasn't a lot in terms of what we have now. Despite the limits we have and despite the feeling of things getting worse all the time, always keep this in mind. Someone has always had it worse than you. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. If you think, oh, my problems are bad, I have big issues, YouTube screwing me over, it was always worse for somebody else. Somebody has always had to deal with worse problems as a whole. You think mm-hmm. YouTube is bad now? Try being on a YouTube that doesn't even monetize videos <laughs> for you. <Yeah. laughs> Try being on a YouTube where the 10-minute limit doesn't exist, where, where it does exist, rather. Try being on a YouTube where custom thumbnails isn't a thing. Like... We could take it back to a place where it was so much worse, where content creators pretty much had to do it for fun and only for that, right? There was no right. getting paid. There was no social media influencers. There was no, I'm going to get paid off a Twitter post and I'm going to have companies sponsor me. <laughs> he, like Zach said, it was only 10 years ago where this wasn't even a reality for a lot of people. And that will probably change again, willing to bet. <laughs> you oh, know, absolutely. The, internet, the internet moves very fast. But someone has always had it worse. And once you keep that in mind, then your problems kind of get put into perspective. I was watching um, 
Aaron Hansen of the Game Grumps, he did a three-part series on their channel recently where he looked at his Wikipedia page, just like talked about a lot of the experiences that, that were on that page. And I didn't realize this, but he started on Newgrounds. And Newgrounds was a, a, I mean, it was a cartoon website. It had games and all that kind of stuff. It's still running. But he started there and he built his name through that before YouTube even existed. And I think he started back in like 2004. So this is, you know, this is two years before, before YouTube existed. And he was able to get like people to pay him to do cartoons and he got people to pay him to do voice acting. And he was just extremely talented and he worked hard and he was able to be successful through that before YouTube was a thing. And then obviously, you know, when YouTube did become a thing, he was able to use that to his advantage too. But it's just crazy how much we take for granted now. Mm-hmm. I agree. 100%. But yeah, when it comes down to it, we just we have somewhere, so much more opportunity now that even if there are problems with YouTube, which there are, we, we've, we've talked about them on this very podcast, it, it just comes down to adapting, like Aiden said. And, mm-hmm. and you'll still be able to win. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. Take the hand of cards you're dealt and play them. Exactly. Or fold and give up, if that's your thing. <laughs> quit. <laughs> you know? Or quit. Better yet. <laughs> you know? Real no. talk. <laughs> Real shit. But uh, anyways. That's cool. I don't have anything Back else to say about that one. So... Let's talk about. You feel like you have a lack of motivation. Ooh, it's another big one. So you start YouTube, and you're like, I somebody inspired you to make YouTube videos, and you start it, and you get really get into it, you make a few videos, and then all of a sudden, oof, I don't have any motivation today. Mm-hmm. What do you do? So, the thing that helps me. A lot of the time, and this is very much a, a personal thing, mm-hmm. is I remind myself that, for one, it's not an obligation, right? Right. No one is forcing me, putting a gun to my head, being like, you have to make a YouTube video tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. And so it can help on days where I have no motivation and I don't feel like making anything to realize that that's healthy and that's something that's going to happen. And when you pass through and it finally is over, you know, YouTube is still going to be YouTube and you're still going to be able to post videos and you're still going to be able to, you know, get views and have people enjoy your stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Something that we all deal with, but I think it helps me know that YouTube right now isn't a job. I'm not forced at a desk sitting through it. I'm not having to put out content that I don't like. (laughs) Right. If I'm not motivated to make something good, I can wait on it. And I think that's a nice privilege to have on YouTube. For sure. No, I, I completely agree. I, I mean, there are days that I, I do lack motivation. Um, I do lack uh, a creative drive, which we'll talk about as well. Uh, and in those days, sometimes I'm just like, all right, well, I'm just not going to do anything today for it. Or I don't like do do anything in the creative process, right? Like, I don't work on videos that I need to edit heavily. I don't work on recording anything. 
but I might still work on something related to it, right? Mm-hmm. Like editing this podcast takes no creativity. I know exactly what I got to do. I have that process streamlined. It's going to take me maybe 20 minutes or so. So if I'm not filling up to editing during a certain point in time before this video needs to get, or before this podcast needs to get out, then I can just do that instead. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's a good way to to work on stuff too because there are a lot of like small things that we do as content creators that aren't exactly creatively fulfilling mm-hmm. uh, because the the project that it it is you've already put a lot of the creative work into. Sure. Oftentimes when you're not motivated, doing busy work can often be the easiest thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Is your Twitter active? Maybe post a tweet, maybe share a video. Do you need to get some rest? Maybe rest off the day. Do you want to play a game that you've been actively wanting to, but YouTube has gotten in the way? Well, go ahead and play that game. Go out, go to a park, see something new, uh, clean your desktop, clean your room even. Who knows? Like, (laughs) There's so many things that can be done that aren't related to YouTube um, Mm -hmm. that taking some days out of your schedule to just do busy work or to do some simple edits or to keep your mind occupied basically while you Mm -hmm. don't have any creative going on can often uh, help a lot and will eventually lead you back into a state of creativity where maybe something inspirational hits you or maybe you've got a new idea for a video that you have to work on. You never know when it'll come to you. So doing things like busy work I find can help keep your mind at ease. Absolutely. But you're right. Like it, it is such a privilege that when you're in this position of content creator, or even you know, once you start making money from it and you start, you know, doing a lot of the bulk of the work that we're not doing quite yet ourselves, um, you become an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. And there's there's this thing about being an independent creator, an entrepreneur, to where that's you know that's maybe all you do. And if you're still working a job and you're still doing school and all that kind of stuff, then obviously YouTube or content creation doesn't take as big of a thing in your life. But either way, you're in charge of your time. Right. Right? You're 100% in charge of that time. And so if, if like, like you said, if you have a day where you're just not filling up to it, then take the day off. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Maybe another problem that can lead into lack of motivation a lot of the time is maybe it's not what it's not like how can i word this uh oftentimes it can come down to what you've been doing is why you lose motivation so Mm. if you're working on several series and you start to feel a lack of motivation maybe it has nothing to do with you as a whole but the content you're creating Right. Has the content drained you? Has it left you, you know, not feeling motivated? And if that's the case, you probably need to try something new and try something to change things up, to re-motivate you, to get you back into things. It could be mm-hmm. you, the person. You could just be having a bad day and you can maybe not feel up to the task. But a, a problem could be your channel as a whole and the content that you're making. Yeah, for sure. Uh, recently... I realized one of the reasons I didn't have a recap come out in the last few months is because I kind of got a little drained from it. I was kind of, I just kind of, because I found a formula for the videos. I figured out how they would work and editing them just wasn't as fun for me. And so I had to take a break from it. And so that's why I didn't force myself to do them. 
for the last couple of months. Um, now I'm feeling more motivated to do them. I'm feeling back up to the task of doing it. And I still very much enjoyed doing the series, but it was something that I needed a break from and I didn't realize it until later. Agreed. Feel free to take breaks. Feel free to do busy work. Feel free to change up your channel. It's not an obligation. It's not something that you have to do day in and day out. If you're feeling unmotivated, that's fine. That's cool. But figure out what it might be and maybe take some time away from it to get your head straight and to feel back up to it. That being said, there are more severe cases where some people feel unmotivated for like months at a time and can you know, feel like they're in a rough spot as a whole. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot harder to solve <laughs> than what we're going into. Yeah, that, and I mean, I'll be completely 100% honest. Uh, the beginning of the year, around January, about halfway <laughs> through, um, I got the flu and then I started kind of getting depressed. And I was like, uh, not really feeling it right now. I don't know what to do. Um, and this was this was at a point where I was dealing with school stuff and I was like trying to do well there, but I just kind of given up at that point. And there was, there was just a lot going on and I wanted to make content, but I found myself not feeling like doing it. Um, and so there was like a, a half a month where I just didn't put on as much content. And mm -hmm. in, in some ways that made me feel worse off because I'm, I'm a very motivated person for the most part by what I do. I'm, I'm very motivated by being productive. And so if I'm not able to be productive, it, it makes me feel worse. Um, so it was, it was kind of a catch 22 scenario. But the point is, is that, you know, if you deal with something like depression, if you deal with something that is medically or you feel like is medically causing you to not be as motivated, um, like I did with migraines and migraines, definitely stop me from doing work um then maybe that's something you need to talk to somebody about maybe that is a, a therapist situation and you know again we don't know how to solve that issue but that is a very real thing that happens to a lot of people sure you got to keep in mind that life is just going to play a factor whether you want it to or not things like mental health things like physical health things like the people you spend your time with, whether or not they're a good influence on you, your family, mm -hmm. the financial situation you're in. There could be many a factor that influences your YouTube motivation that might not even be YouTube at all, but simply where you're at in life and who's around you to support you, right? Do you have a good right. circle of friends? Do you have a good circle of support? Is there someone you can talk to when things get rough? Life is a very real thing and... Uh, like like we mentioned can play a big part in the lack of motivation definitely but yeah that's what i have to say on that one same same tough one definitely it, it, a tough one though a very tough one the one that i've dealt with a lot <laughs> mm -hmm. so it was cool to talk it out uh let's do a little bit of a i guess a, a lighter one we're gonna go with lack of money i ain't got enough money <laughs> I ain't got enough money, damn it. How am I going to make YouTube without the money? Well, <laughs> How are we going to well, fortunately, YouTube? Fortunately, we have talked about this a little bit in the past. And it is a thing that obviously requires a little bit of money up front. Mm -hmm. um, but not necessarily as much money as you think it does. Exactly. And I'll explain, I'll explain why. Because most people, if you're in America... 
um, you own a cell phone. And most of those phones have a really good camera on it. And so you can make videos with the, that camera. Now, if you live in a third world country, um, I, I don't know how you're listening to this, but thank you. <laughs> Appreciate and it. And that can, that can very much be an issue. Uh, I, I think actually, you know, I think what I need to say is if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a means to make videos. Yep. Is that fair to say? That's fair. Um, and, and I say this from like, I grew up in poverty. Um, uh, I still would consider myself in poverty for the most part. Um, but you know, I have five younger siblings and we live in a two bedroom house my entire life. And, uh, my dad couldn't work cause he had health problems. So my mom worked, so we didn't make a lot of money. Um, and so, you know, majority of my life, I went without a lot of, a lot of things. Um, we had the necessities and that was great. But when I was able to start, when I started making YouTube videos, I had, uh, I had one of those netbooks. They were like, they're like $150, like Acer computers. Yeah. They're like smaller than regular computers. And I think it had like 128 gigs of storage on it. Probably like two gigabytes of RAM, maybe. Uh, when I first started making videos, I made it with that. And it had a webcam on it and whatever internal mic it had. Um, And I wasn't able to make gaming videos like I wanted to. Or I wanted to record Nintendo 64 games, but wasn't able to. So I started with NES games <laughs> and yep. um, I started by making music covers and doing like live, you know, face, you know, videos and stuff. And I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You might not be able to create exactly what you want now because of money limitations, but you're still able to create something with what you got. I mean, guarantee you. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing for me before I even had a YouTube channel. I uh, recorded videos off a little flip handy cam, which mm-hmm. were around and they had a little USB port so you could upload them quickly to a computer. Um, after that, I had, like Zach said, one of those Acer books. Mine was an Acer Spire. It was this tiny little blue thing with a tiny keyboard. Mm-hmm. Used the webcam off of that. A lot of the Sploder shows actually uh, were done with that laptop. Uh, editing, I had Camtasia Studio. You know, I didn't know how to edit thumbnails at all. All that sort of stuff. I very much did not have a ton of equipment. And I would even say that kids now are better off because at least they have like a good phone. <laughs> at oh, least absolutely. they have a good camera. Their microphone on their phone was probably better than the microphones that I had to deal with on flip cams and laptops and shitty headset mics and all mm. that sort of stuff. Uh, but as time went on, not only did like I have more access to money because you know you can work a job, birthdays, all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. but the equipment threshold ended up getting a lot lower. You suddenly saw really good webcams like the C920 be less than like a hundred dollars. The Blue Yeti mic is a hundred dollars. These good Logitech speakers were thirty dollars. Desks are thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. Chairs are thirty dollars. Like good lighting can be in your home for as much as forty. Everything that I have equipment-wise, aside from my capture card, is about $100 or less individually. Right. So take that as you will. You may think that this all was bought one day and then I bought the entire thing at once. 
no, this was very much something that took years and years to build up over time. And there were definitely points in there where my content looked pretty bad, and there were other times where I learned the equipment that I had and I was able to get it a lot better. You know, limitations often breed creativity. Mm, you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> using, using the stuff you have can often make content that you would have never dreamed of before. So yes, having a lack of money sucks. And yes, viewers have bigger expectations as far as what content should look like, what resolution should be, the audio quality, all this sort of stuff. Those are all things. But when you're just starting out, man, the only expectations are yourself, man. <laughs> exactly. And if, and if you can make videos with your phone, then go ahead and do it that way and feel proud of what you've made. And as you continue to grow, get better equipment and get better stuff. Heck, even DSLR cameras are getting cheaper nowadays to make good video, you know? Yeah. There's Options so much more. better. <laughs> exactly. There's so much more free stuff now. Like, mm -hmm. if you have a phone, you can even edit your videos on your phone. It's insane. And, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, if you're just starting out, nobody expects your videos to be good. Yep. Like, you shouldn't even expect your videos to be good, right? Like, it's one of those things that grows with time the more and more you do it. And that gives you the perfect opportunity to just kind of learn what you have and use what you can at the time being until you're able to get a job and make your own money and do whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Heck, even if you don't have inter internet connection, there's always a McDonald's. There's always a public mm -hmm. library, you know. Yes. There's always yes. opportunities. You Again, you may think you have it bad and you may think you have all these problems. Someone's always had it worse, man. And someone's have found ways to make content despite all their crappy situations. It may mm. not be the most professional videos in the world. They may not be the most highly produced or whatever, but they're videos and they got done. Mm. Money, money was standing. <laughs> yeah. You know? If you what have you a said, will, yeah. if you have a will to do it, you can make it. Completely. You said, you said a line that I really like, which is um, limitations, breed creativity, which I completely hundred percent agree with um, the, the Nintendo entertainment system you know, the first Nintendo console, they were going to build it to be a 16-bit system, which had been closer to a Super Nintendo at first, but they didn't have it in their budget to do that. So they ended up having to scale back down to an 8-bit system, and it still did very fucking good. <laughs> mm -hmm. It still has one of my favorite video game libraries of all time. Um, but they had to deal with a lot of limitations, and in fact, uh, video games, they have to deal with a lot of limitations even today sometimes. Um, animation, I was watching this video about like Pixar animation yesterday and it was, they were talking about how like for, for a while they couldn't animate humans because of how much money it was going to cost. And so they just didn't animate humans for a while or they didn't do as much of it. And it was just like super interesting stuff like that. Like a lot of a lot of big creators and a lot of, you know, companies that, that create things, it usually takes time before they're able to do exactly what they envision because of money. But that doesn't mean you can't not still create. Mm -hmm. And learn along the way. Pick mm -hmm. up skills, learn how to edit, learn how to make photos, exactly. learn how to do all that sort of stuff. So by the time when you do finally get the equipment you want, 
you as a person will also be well-rounded enough to actually do things with that equipment. You know? Exactly. You can give super expensive equipment to somebody who doesn't know how to make videos and it'll still look bad. Because <laughs> you don't know what to do. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you had given me everything I have now uh, seven years ago when I first started my channel, I wouldn't know what to do with half of it. Same. So, yeah. You work your way up to that kind of stuff. Lack of money ain't the end of the world. And it's probably one of the easiest problems to get around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. And I, I, I think it's even for creative creative sake. I can't can't speak apparently. Um it's it'll help you in the long run, I think. I mean a lot of art as we know it, like you mentioned, was built with limitations. Heck, the idea of the starving artist came from Vincent Van Gogh, who couldn't afford to like eat anything other than bread. He bought like yeah. bread wine smokes and art and that's all he lived off of <laughs> yep. dude was poor dude roomed with his brother a lot of the time dude had a lot of bad relationships didn't go to the best school didn't do whatever known today as one of the most influential artists of all time which is crazy yep yeah and there are a thousand different stories like that from all sorts of different media mm-hmm yeah. Don't okay. worry about how having money. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Pick another one. I'm going to pick another one. So, some people, like myself, mm -hmm. want to do too much. Oh. <laughs> they, 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 start, they start a YouTube channel and they have 30 million ideas and sometimes it becomes an issue. Right. <laughs> The, the, the scatterbrain, if you will. <laughs> yeah, almost, yeah. I have a billion ideas, but I don't know which ones to do and which ones to get to. Right. Um, I don't deal with this problem a lot, personally. Uh, because usually when an idea comes to me, I execute it, like, right there. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to, like, keep it in the back of my head for a while. <laughs> right. just have it done. So maybe something I could offer is, like, a thing of advice is the idea is cool and that's great and all it's the execution part that matters agreed so you have a billion ideas you don't know what to do figure out what you can execute on figure out what you can make and put as a product for people to actually view <laughs> and mm -hmm. actually enjoy and those ideas that take maybe like a little bit more work or ones that you're not as confident in right away do some other lighter projects and work your way up to yeah. yeah, I agree. Agree, one hundred percent. I think one of the problems that I deal with personally is that, like, like there's so much I want to do in terms of creation. There's so much I want to do in terms of media that I want to consume. There's just so much I want to do in life, and uh, it, it's taken me a very long time to realize that you can't do everything at once. Sure. No matter how much you try, um, it's it's very very not possible. So what you have to do is just try to do what you can. Mm -hmm. And like, I agree with what you said, execute on as much of it as you can first. If you have this big project idea that you know is going to take a very long time, you know, unless you're fully confident in completing that project in some kind of reasonable manner, then put it on the back burner. Wait a, wait a minute. Try to see what you can 
what other ideas you already have that you can execute on now. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're like me and you have like all these different series ideas, well, how about take a step back and work on some of the the series that you've already started and try to get that to a consistent level because the more you work on something you've already started on, the easier it's going to be to create those particular projects. And then maybe that next project you do is going to be even easier as well. Yep. Timing plays a big part in a lot of this, knowing the right time to get out a particular project, both in terms of like YouTube trends and popularity, but also in terms of, are you ready (laughs) to do this Mm -hmm. project? Are you personally ready to get this project out? And timing also in the sense that, you know, we're on this earth, not forever, but for a pretty right. long time, <laughs> right? <laughs> if you live to be up to 80, guarantee you'll probably have time to do a lot of what you want. Not everything. And granted, there will always be regrets. But you want to try to do as much as you can. And you have a, a good bit of time to do that. <laughs> right. It, it is still a very big life thing that I have to deal with that I know I'm not going to be able to do everything that I want to do in life. But it still bothers me sometimes. So it's definitely something personally that I have to deal with. But in terms of creation and stuff like that, um, and for you guys listening, hopefully you can can come to a place where you're like, okay, I understand I have this limited amount of time. But like you said, the limited amount of time that I do have is still a good bit. Yeah. It's still still a good bit. 24 hours in a day, 365 Mm -hmm. days. 70 or so years maybe you know? right because because at the end of the day guess what we all have the same amount of time as the everybody else mm-hmm. you know unless you die part. tomorrow which would suck but planning and scheduling is yeah. also an important thing too knowing when to plan your projects and being sure you have them all scheduled and in a place where you can come to them at any time breaking right. it up into chunks if you will Breaking things into chunks is is very important, especially if you have a lot of work to do and you have a lot of different projects. Um, I can't tell you um, how many things I've found that became a lot easier just by breaking it up. Uh, One of the things I like to do is if there's a video that I need to get done, um, I, I try my best not to work on the entire thing in like one to two days. I try to break it up into a couple of days, you know, just so that I can really you know, make it the best it can be, but maybe, you know, you don't need to write, record, edit, upload a video in the same day. If you can, that's cool, but it might be easier for you to write it and record it in one day and then go back to it a couple of days later and then get some of the editing done, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Planning is planning and scheduling. I know we have that on the list as well. Sure. Um, scheduling issues. Yeah, let's just get right into that, I guess. Sure, that's fair. Uh, part of it we did discuss in its own episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to briefly go over it here, scheduling is important. <laughs> scheduling helps things come out on time. It helps sort of clear your mind. But scheduling in and of itself is something that can create its own stress and its own issues. Sometimes those are personal and that comes down to you. 
sometimes it can be completely out of your control, whether it's life or it involves other people altogether. <laughs> right. <laughs> Scheduling yeah. is something you cannot 100% control as much as we would like to. It's a tool. It's a helpful tool, but you can't let it you can't let it control every waking aspect of your life. Kind of a theme that we're running into here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's, I mean, this is something that I deal with myself. Um, I, I want to schedule everything out to a perfect T and try to do everything exactly the way I want it to. But obviously that's not going to happen. Um, I, I would have loved to get out a video every day the, the week that I was moving into this new house. But there was just no way for me to do that. And I had to realize that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I find that helps me with scheduling recently is that let's say, let's say you're the type of person that tries to schedule out your entire day and you try to schedule out like, this is what I need to do today. This is my to-do list. Um, if you can't get through that entire to-do list, don't try to take what's there and put it on your to-do list for tomorrow. And then try to do all of what you didn't accomplish today and what you were going to accomplish tomorrow. Because then you just end up perpetually behind. Mm -hmm. And you feel bad about yourself. Uh, experience. <laughs> what I recommend, uh, and I, I've kind of kind of figured this out myself, not 100% yet, is schedule on a week. Figure out what you want to do. Make your to-do list, all that kind of stuff. Go throughout the week trying to adhere to that to-do list. If you go through a day and you realize I couldn't get everything done, take whatever you have there, move that on to the next day, move your tomorrow schedule to the next day so that you're not trying to do a day and a half's work in a day. Finish what you didn't accomplish the first day on the second day and then move on. And while you're doing this, kind of write down what you accomplished, right? If it's a to-do list, check off what you did every single day. And then after that week, figure out how much you were able to accomplish and try to copy and paste that to the next week, not your original ideal schedule. If that makes any sense. I get you. It's fair. And I think it is important to focus on what you accomplish because mm -hmm. scheduling can be hard. And oftentimes when you feel like you're behind, your first instinct is to blame it on the schedule itself and be like, oh, I did it wrong or... You know, I, I messed up somewhere along the way. But the thing is, is like, that schedule did help you. It just didn't mm -hmm. help you with everything you wanted, right? right. So you got to realize that the schedule itself has inherent value. All the things that you've accomplished, you would have never have done had it not been for that schedule, right? So you have to you have to put a little bit of value into it. But at the same time, you also have to realize that, you know, there are 24 hours in a day. And once that day is gone, you can never get it back. It is 100% in the past done, right? And as much mm -hmm. as you would like to get a redo, as much as you would like to try to get everything done in that day, once those 24 hours are up, that's it. And you have to move on. And that's totally okay with wanting to move on. It's totally okay to want to move on to the next project. And it's totally okay if you schedule projects that you think are going to work out and then realize that they're not, to put them off the schedule, to move on, to realize that something shouldn't take up all your time in the world, to know what you actually value, what you actually want to do, what's most important to you and what has to get done 
figuring out what you value and and all that sort of stuff uh, is very helpful. Absolutely. I, I know personally, I have a mindset of, oh, I didn't get as much done and that I wanted to get done today. Um, I do this a lot, actually. And, and you saying this just helped me, actually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I constantly am like, I have this list of things I wanted to get done. I didn't get everything done. That sucks. This was a crappy day. But if I turn my, you know, perspective around and I'm like, this is everything that I did get done and I pay more attention to that, then I might actually have better, more productive days in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 100%. A, yeah. 100%. And if you want to hear Mindset more of that. Mindset is important. <laughs> Mindset's very important. And I recommend all of you to go watch our episode on, on scheduling and everything and talking about how schedules are helpful and how to break that stuff down. Mm, definitely. It's a, it's a good listen. I, I recommend that's it. A, that's a good listen. But now that we're done with the uh, scheduling issues, my I'm favorite, gonna, I'm going to go ahead and move on to lack of connections. And in particular, mm. this sort of pitfall has to do with the fact that YouTube as a whole, if you're a quote-unquote YouTuber, you come to find out real quick how isolating of an experience it is. You spend mm. most of your day in front of a computer screen, either recording, scripting, editing, uploading, social media watching content, whatever. You spend a lot of time in front of a screen. And as a result, it can feel very lonely. That's Mm -hmm. the word I'm going to use. And because being a YouTuber isn't a quote-unquote popular career or a viable one, according to a lot of uh, people out there, it can feel very very isolating. And oftentimes, this problem is only expounded when you have no other connection, when you have no other YouTubers to talk to, when you don't have a community of friends or a group of people who understand what situation you're in. Uh, and I feel like for a lot of YouTubers out there, whether they're just starting out or whether they've put a lot of work into it, that feeling of isolation and loneliness often never leaves. Yeah, it seems like that for sure. Um, even the bigger creators, they find themselves getting to the point where they're just doing the same things every every you know every day to put out content and they're, they're just lonely. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of sucks. Right. Um, I think, I think tackling the loneliness part, um, before the connections, cause I feel like they're almost, they're, they're one in the same issues, but they can be tackled differently. Um, try to do other things outside of creating things. Agree. <laughs> um, because you will get, you could get burned out. You could get you know, you could lack that motivation to create, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. by doing the same thing over and over again and not really feeling like you're getting anywhere. Um, I, I like to make my passions and, and everything content itself. Um, so if I sit down to watch a movie, I like talking about it. Um, that's a good way to get out there and do more things. But also, I, I think it's okay to do something that, has nothing to do with your content yep i think it's absolutely okay to do that i think taking the time to step away from the rat race 
to step mm -hmm. away from the view searching, the content creating, the everyday drives to get yourself noticed and stuff like that. Stepping away from that every once in a while, going out and, you know, hanging out with friends or going mm -hmm. to see a movie or going to a restaurant you've never been or, heck, even taking a jog. I find exercise, especially, is a big help <laughs> mm -hmm. to a lot of this. Uh, because believe it or not, your physical health is probably tied to your mental health one way or another. <laughs> right. So if you're feeling mentally lonely, it's probably because you physically aren't doing a whole lot. <laughs> you're standing, yeah. sitting in one spot for an extended period of time. As crazy as it sounds, stepping away from the computer <laughs> yeah. is something that we don't do a lot. And it, it helps. It can help. Very much. Um, yeah, I, I'm finding myself currently, because I'm not... I'm not in college right now and I'm not near a lot of my friends like I was. Um, I'm not able to just go and hang out with people as easily as I was in college, uh, which is a little, little rough, but um, like I personally, I need to take the time to try to connect with some of those people again and, and just hang out with people because it was, it was nice to step out of my room from recording and editing and like, hang out with people. It was nice to, you know, it's nice to go to a movie theater and see a movie or, you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Just, just stepping away from everything and not putting all of your attention into it is, is just as valuable as putting all your attention into it. Sure. Sure. hundred percent. And that can help tackle the loneliness and that, but often when you're dealing with uh, the isolation aspect of it, being able to find other people in a similar field really goes a long way into feeling you're not like the only one there it really goes Absolutely. a long way into feeling like your struggles are, you know, are everybody's struggles. You have problems with views. You have problems with making content guarantee you every other YouTuber does and having another YouTuber friend to talk about or someone who works in content creation or someone who makes videos, being able to talk to someone like that, is super super huge and helping you feel like you know we're all in this together we're we're all part <laughs> of the same game the same challenge the same journey and we're experiencing it with other people so going out of your way to be in a thing like a facebook group going out of your way to talk and communicate in a discord you're maybe not used to being around uh if some people are in a skype call maybe join right if some people are in a VC chat, maybe hang around and see what's up. Maybe play games, mm -hmm. watch movies, uh, do a podcast talking about all your YouTube issues. You know, stuff oh, like what? that. <laughs> stuff like that. Definitely. You know? No, completely. I, I mean, I have felt in the last year and a half when I started taking all this YouTube stuff seriously, I felt great about it because it's what I want to do. And I'm actually, you know. Doing it. Doing it. <laughs> Um, but then I've also felt like plenty of days where I'm just like, man, this sucks. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and having this podcast, like we talked about last episode or the episode before it, it's been super cathartic and it's, it's definitely helped that having the discord. I, I can't imagine the last year without a discord. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I would have given up or something and I've, I've never really given up at this, you know, but I, when you put your all into something, it can, you can, you can get really, really bogged down by a lot of different things. 
Mm. And just having somebody else to talk about it that understands what you're going through is tremendous. Mm. And that's why I think it's so important to be a part of YouTube communities as a whole. If you're a Poketuber, mm. get with other Poketubers. If you're part of the game review space, be a part of that. If you're doing podcasts, find other people in your area that are doing podcasts. Join Skype groups, join Facebook groups, Discord groups. Really go out of your way to be social and to meet as many people as you can. It won't be a pleasant mm. experience all the time. You're going to run into people who are strictly there to leech off of you and to get views and yada, yada, yada. But you are mm. eventually going to run across someone who is genuine, who does understand what your plight is and should help you along the way. You know, a lot of big moments that have happened on my channel or Zach's channel is because we've talked about something in a discord call like this and it actually came to fruition. Example mm -hmm. being this podcast, you know, stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and in terms of like, I feel like when you look at connections, it, it's it's one thing to try to find people that you can talk to. Um, and then there's the other thing of, you know, trying to find people that can help you pursue your goals and help you pursue what kind of career you're looking for. And, and again, it just comes down to actively searching it out. You stay in your room all day and edit and make videos and all that kind of stuff. Cool. But that's not going to help with this issue. You really do have to be active about it and look around and try to, you know, try to find other people that are in similar mindset as you. Mm-hmm. 100%. So. Yeah. Good deal. So, uh, yeah. We're solving all these issues today. We're trying. <laughs> Making an effort. We're getting there. You gotta make down. an effort. You just gotta make an effort at everything, man. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so the next one. Mommy, there's some people on YouTube that are making fun of me. Oh no. I don't know what to do. Not the dreaded internet hate. <laughs> Not the haters. Somebody made a diss track of me. Oh no. I don't know how to clap back. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got enough clout. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't got enough clout for me to clap back. Uh, what am I gonna do? All this internet hate and drama, how do I survive? Oh man, so this kind of goes back to the whole, you know, being consumed by views and comments and stuff. Mm. Um but in a in a different way. Uh when you're on the internet people are not nice a lot of people are not nice <laughs> the majority <laughs> the majority of people are not nice and you just kind of have to deal with it right and if you're if you're used to being bullied in real life then it might be it might be even more even more difficult you know some people are able to brush it off um i i've been lucky to i've been lucky to be bullied from a very young age so i just got <laughs> tired of it and just like ignored it and so like going to the internet was fine but some people, they get bullied in real life and then they go to the internet to escape all that and they're still getting it. Yeah. And it sucks. And, it really does. you know, people are, you know, these people are terrible and it, it sucks that that we have to deal with this sometimes on a daily, daily basis, you know, if you're making content especially and even more so if you actually do get big from it, you're going to deal with hate no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Which is insane, but it's just the case. Um, you got to realize when you do YouTube that you're putting yourself out there. And because mm -hmm. of that, not everybody is going to like who you put out. Right? Uh, yeah. 
exactly. everybody is going to like your personality, your voice, your content, whatever. But again, you know, you as a person and the type of stuff you make, there's parts of that you can control, but there's other parts of it that you can't. If someone's making fun of you for your voice, well, you can't really do much to change that, right? And a lot of really? internet hate, a lot of internet hate is very unrealistic, is what you come to find out. And a lot mm-hmm. of it doesn't really have a basis or ground other than it's fun to bully people or it's popular to bully people. One of the two. Yeah. So much. a couple of things you can do. Number one, you can develop a thick skin like Zach over here. <laughs> <laughs> recommend. Just get, just get used recommend. to it because it's going to be a thing that happens. And uh, number two, distance yourself from it. Don't read comments. Mm-hmm. Ignore it. <laughs> if something is getting thrown at you and you understand that there's nothing you can do about it, don't put more energy into it. Don't feed the mm-hmm. bull, <laughs> right? Don't feed right. the anger. Let it fizzle out on its own. Ignore it. The last thing you want to do is if a hate mob is going at you, for you to fuel their fire will only make it 10 times worse. Ignore it. Let it pass. It will go like a storm and you can move on to the next thing. Because the, mm-hmm. another cool thing about internet hate that a lot of people don't know is it'll move on to the next thing before you even know it, right? Yeah, you may be the laughing stock today, but some other idiot will be the laughing stock tomorrow. <laughs> and the yeah. same thing can continue. The only people out there who get multiple hate are the people who fuel that fire. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I think what's so interesting about it, I, I almost find this a really cool concept is that it really doesn't matter who you are. You're going to get hate on the internet regardless. Yep. And so if you're getting hate and PewDiePie is getting hate and insert your favorite actor or actress is getting hate, then why does it matter? Sure. Right? Like literally everybody on the planet that does anything on the internet is going to get hate from somebody then it, it holds no weight, right? It's like that quote from uh, The Incredibles 1. It's like, if everybody's super, then nobody's super. Mm-hmm. If everybody's getting hate, then it doesn't matter. Right, then really hold water. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I know that can be hard to to kind of conceptualize because it, it does suck to hear people say mean things about you. And it can feel very real in the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> feel like in a personal attack like someone is stepping on your toes and they're not some random internet anonymous person but someone who is doing damage to you as a person right but at the same time it's someone on the internet who you don't know (laughs) who doesn't know you who doesn't know your family who doesn't Mm -hmm. know what you value and what you believe in you know you could take a gary v mindset to it and have it be like i would like for everybody to love me and appreciate me but the people i care about most are the ones that know me the best right right Mm -hmm. and it's those people that are most important and it's those relationships that are worth holding on to it's those people that you want to to truly love and appreciate agreed so they're the people that matter Mm -hmm. you know yeah i i just yeah, I don't know what else to say about this. I mean, it just comes down to like a lot of his self-esteem. Sure. Which is a very hard thing to to develop. I understand 100%. Um but yeah, a lot of it just comes down to just ignore them because they don't matter. 
Agreed. 100%. So, very similar. Okay. Uh, comparing yourself to others Ooh. is something that a lot of people end up doing. A big one, um, yep. Whether this means I am comparing myself to, to PewDiePie because he has the most subscribers and I don't, and that makes me feel bad about myself, or comparing myself to a filmmaker because, or, you know, like Casey Neistat because he makes better videos than I I do. Mm-hmm. Um, just just over, on and on and on. Uh, just comparing yourself as to, to other people is something that is not good for your self-esteem. Agree. And doesn't do anything positive for you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't factor in all the different circumstances that led one person to the situation they're in and all the circumstances that led to where you are now, right? Exactly. Do not live the same life, believe it or not. We were not all born with the same rights and the same circumstances and the same family and the same neighborhood with the same amount of money, right? That's Mm -hmm. things that are wildly different. So when you see someone who's like way ahead of you, you got to realize you haven't lived the same life. It's not like you were on an equal playing field. It's not like you both started at the same point and are now here and this person did way better than you. No, we're all at different points in our own personal journey. Some people are farther along in it. Others are just starting. But you got to realize that it's your own journey. It's your own channel. It's your own content. It's going to grow in a way that's entirely unique than, let's say, PewDiePie or Zach or keemstar or whoever right exactly it's different it's different 100 percent. there's so many different variables there's so many different things that can come along to change that we're we're not all the same so comparing yourself to other people thinking that you are the same it doesn't really work out (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's just and it doesn't it doesn't again it doesn't matter and that's that's a that's a thing that you're going to hear me say a lot because you know so what if PewDiePie has more subscribers than you? It, it doesn't change the fact that you've still got to work to get, you know, even close to that, right? Like, yep. it's, if you haven't put in the same amount of work as he has, and even if you have, right, you've, you've got to put it into the perspective of that you're a completely different person. You're mm-hmm. making completely different videos. And if you're making the same videos than him, well, then that's not helping you either. Sure. But... It, it just it just comes down to you know the the whole comparing yourself to people it there's nothing positive about it right it's this negative cycle in which other people's art and other people's creativity start to ruin your own and as mm-hmm. a result of that you end up feeling resentful you feel like you have a lot of regrets and your own content as a result just ends up suffering because of that it's like the uh it's almost like I want to call it popular high school girl syndrome. A little bit. Because it's very similar to that mindset of a, of a middle school or a high school girl who's jealous of the, the high school popular girl. Mm-hmm. And, and the, at the end of the day, that person's not going to feel any better until they just be okay with who they are. Yep. And it's okay to have role models it's okay to have Mm. rivals it's okay to want to look up to something uh in hopes of doing better for yourself and that's cool 
but you can't let it regulate <laughs> your life, you know? Right. We've, we've brought this up a lot. You can't let other people regulate your life. You are unique. You are different. You are your own person. And as a We're result... special. <laughs> and as a result, you can't go about it the same way everyone else has, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be comfortable with yourself. You have to be comfortable with who you are. And that's way more important than being comfortable with who PewDiePie is, right? Or who Keemstar is or who MatPat of Game Theory is. Are you okay with yourself, right? Right. And if the answer is no, then, you know, work toward that. Work toward being better. Find out what your issues are. Mm -hmm. And don't make it a scenario where you have to compare to other people and feel lesser of yourself and... It's not It's not a fun thing to go through. <laughs> right. Continue to work on yourself and absolutely, you know, if there's something about you that you don't like, that that's reasonable, obviously. Like, if you don't have money and you don't like that about yourself, well, then work and try to make more money. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're, you know, not fit at all and you don't like that about yourself, well, then work out and get, you know, get fit. But... You, you still have to be comfortable with you, who you are now and you have to realize that, yeah, I want to make myself better, but not for the benefit of being better than somebody else. Yep. Being the benefit or for the benefit of being better for yourself is what's going to make that actually happen. Right. It's all part of the personal journey. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot of these things, you know? Mm-hmm. It comes down to the, your, your personal journey is very different than everybody else's. Sure. Sure. And I think what will help a lot of people with a lot of these problems is you kind of have to be an adult about things, right? You kind (laughs) of have to realize that you're your own independent person. And while there definitely are factors at play that impact you and that can shape you and change you, at the end of the day, you are who you are and you have one life. And you have, you know, one day at a time. It's it's your own personal journey. And you have to be independent and you have to be mature and you have to grow up, right? It can't be everybody else's fault. You have to start with you and work your way exactly. towards something better. You can't blame it on internet. Hey, you can't blame it on YouTube. You can't blame it on I have no friends or I have no money or I have no equipment or I have whatever. Start with yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Completely. That'll help more than anything. Be independent. <laughs> Pretty much. And and being independent is hard, and some people have it easier than others to figure out, you know, how to do it. And and for the most part, people that's gone through a lot of adversity in life are able to be more independent. Um, I, I, I think it's funny when I listen to Gary Vee talk about, like, people that grew up poor versus people that grew up rich – he says that he feels worse off for the the rich kids because they didn't have adversity in their life and no matter what they're no matter what they do in life that's successful they're always going to have those people that say yeah well you came from money and so of course you were able to get through that. Mm-hmm. But the people that have adversity it, it's it's all up, right? Sure. Like everything you do to make yourself better is an, is, is is going, you know, for the positive. Um and of course, different strokes for different folks. People deal with different adversities. We all have adversities, but it's becoming independent is is a part of life that you have to figure out. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it, the thing. Make all of your issues just kind of 
a lot easier to handle. Sure. And again, that can be very scary. It's very scary to be poor and on your own and homeless and not knowing if you're making the right decision. And it's also important to get help from people you trust and people you love and therapy and all that wonderful stuff as a whole. Mm -hmm. But people who grew up from poverty, people who grew up from adversity realize a pretty important lesson early on is that there are no expectations for you, right? There's nowhere to go but up. (laughs) Your Mm -hmm. back is toward the wall and you have no one else to rely on but yourself as a whole. And using that Pretty mindset, much. you're able to go from a place of of awfulness and work towards something better. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's cool. Very cool. Next up, though, yeah. uh, let's see. Oh, this is a fun one. One that we've talked about before. Lack of time. <laughs> we talked about this on like the first episode, I think. The very, very first episode. Yeah, it's been a while. We ain't got no time. I ain't got no time to do the YouTubes. I want to make YouTube videos, but I have school and work and sleep and yeah, family and everything. You remember that? You guys remember that? It was about a year ago at this point. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That was our answer then. The short version. If if you want to do it, then do it. If you if, if time is really that big of an issue, then stop complaining about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just it just is what it is. Uh, there's other people that don't have time to do it, but they want to do it, so they find the time and they're winning. And you're not because you you're not finding the time to do it. Right. Um. I don't know. Don't watch as much TV. Don't yep. spend as much time with your friends. Don't go partying every weekend. I mean, it's just. Don't sleep 12 hours a day. <laughs> Don't sleep 12 hours a day, you know, Whoa. whatever it may be that that is the that is the issue here. Uh, you know, just prioritize it more. Agreed. I've come across in the past year since we started that very first episode of the podcast, mm-hmm. I've come across so many people who, when I hear about their story and who they are and under what conditions they're making YouTube videos, I often sympathize with them. You know, there's people Mm. who have children who are trying to make YouTube videos. There are people that work a nine to five and are trying to make YouTube videos. There's people who work a nine to five and go to college and make YouTube videos, right? There's, there's people who don't get enough sleep and make YouTube videos. There's people whose parents don't like them doing that. So they wait until a late hour of the night. There's people with siblings. There's, all these people who, despite the worst of circumstances, despite the fact that they're literally busy and have no time to do anything, somehow, some way, they're posting content. And maybe not as consistently as someone like me or someone like you, uh, but they're doing it. And they're putting content out and they're making videos that they're proud of, despite the fact that there's quote unquote no time left. I've just yeah. it's just been an absolute. It's been something that I find across every YouTuber that I meet. You know, we don't have all the time in the world, but shoot, there's enough. <laughs> there's enough for everybody. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I I don't have the time to do everything that I want to do, but I have the time to do some of it, mm-hmm. right? And uh I mean, it, it's very hard for me to have sympathy for someone who's like I don't have time to make videos, but I really want to. 
but I'm playing video games 12 hours a day and then sleeping for 10 hours. Right. Like I can't have sympathy for somebody like that because I remember in high school when I was in all these AP and honor classes and doing band and I had, you know, I had my siblings and I had to wait till late night to record so they'd be quiet and just like all I had to go to the, the public library on weekends to upload videos. Like I remember a lot of issues that I don't have to deal with now. Um, thankfully, but I still made videos and it, it's just very hard for me to sympathize for people that, that say these things. Yep. Um, I mean, it's, it's tough regardless, right? Like I'm sure there's, there's something that's stopping you from doing it. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of people that say they don't have time just don't actually want to do it. Sure. And I think it's also important to notice is that it doesn't matter how much time you have. It's what you do with the time you do have, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have time. Okay. What hour of the day do you have, right? Because clearly you have some time. If you have enough Mm -hmm. time to listen to this podcast, if you have enough time to leave a comment, if you have enough time to complain about not having enough time, then you have time, right? Agreed. (laughs) The important thing to realize is, okay, I only have two hours a day to do what I really want to do, then what you should be thinking to yourself is how can I get the most done in those two hours? Because here's Mm -hmm. the thing. I could have eight hours a day of free time and somebody with only two hours can get more done than I could. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. What are you doing in that free time? How much stuff can you get done? How much stuff can you cram? How much stuff can you finish? How much stuff can you get done in the late hours of the night? If you only have an hour, well, then make the most of that hour and you'll be surprised how much time you have (laughs) when you focus on doing everything you can in that one hour of the day. And, And in like extreme situations where you really don't have time or, you know, it, it, it is very important to take things your pace, right? Like when we say make daily videos or when we say make three videos a week or when we say be on all these different platforms, if you have a kid and you're working and you're going to school, then obviously you can't do all that. You know, even both of us can't do daily videos most days because of what we're doing outside of content creation and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you have to realize that while in an ideal world, this would be the best way for you to grow and for you to make videos and do all that kind of stuff. Life is not an ideal world all the time. Agreed. (laughs) And so go at your own pace. You know, there's, there's plenty of people that have done just as successful putting out a solid video a week, putting out a solid video a month because they use what time they had wisely to create what they wanted to create and go from there. Mm-hmm. And it's often the people with no time that I like envy the most because I have a thousand ideas and a thousand things I want to do and all this sort of stuff. But I can imagine as someone who might only have an hour a day, who might only have the opportunity to make one video and who might only have the opportunity to do one take of that video and then edit it and upload it and be done, right? Mm -hmm. How much more simple things are for that person, how much they have on their plate and how much they can get done with it. Have a billion ideas? Well, you can only do one at a time. Yeah. It kind of solves that problem, doesn't it? Oh, you're not motivated 23 hours of a day? 
Well, if you're motivated that one hour, it doesn't really matter now, does it? <laughs> Pretty much. It comes back down to the whole limitations, free creativity thing. Yep. Um, I, I, I mean, even now, now that I'm not dealing with school at the moment, now that I'm, you know, not working as much as I had been during the school year, um, and I'm able to spend most of my time on content creation, I do find myself wasting time. Yeah. Um, and, and this is something that I'm trying to fix. You know, I think it's an issue that we all deal with, but there's, there's times where I sit there and I watch YouTube for two hours. Mm-hmm. I could have been doing something more. And so I can't be complaining about not doing anything, you know, not growing as much as I want or not doing all the content I want because I could have not have wasted that time. Uh, choice paralysis right. is a very real thing. <laughs> yeah. Having too yeah, much to do is. isn't always a great thing. <laughs> I like agree. we've discussed. So lack of time. It's one we've talked about a thousand times, but uh, there ain't no lack of it. It's what, it's mm-hmm. what you do with the time you have that matters. You learn what you want to prioritize the most, which is, which is really nice. Yep. I think personally speaking, but that's um, another one off the list. But Aiden, I I can't I can't make videos. I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to use a camera. Oh, I don't know how to use my phone. So the way we labeled um. this one on list <laughs> of potential problems was a uh, quote: "I can't blank" or "I don't know how to blank." And this is another one we covered in the very first episode. And basically, the answer is the internet is your oyster. Go out and learn. <laughs> it's it's baffling to me how much we can learn on the internet now mm-hmm. and how little people learn today. <laughs> yep. It's, it's insane. Oh, I, oh man, it's so crazy because we have so many resources now and people are not using them. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. You would rather sit there on your phone, scrolling down Facebook, scrolling down Instagram for five hours a day instead of learning something and it, and it makes makes no sense to me or complain rather than or complain right or complain on social media that's the, that's the best right there something that takes just as much energy as trying to learn and figure out the solution it's insane to me yep that's pretty much what <laughs> i was going to say too like it doesn't make it doesn't make sense why it's a thing Especially in a time where information and knowledge is at your fingertip and is at your phone a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And even in the worst case scenarios where like your software is buggy or you're coming across a problem that you can't solve, it goes back to the adaptation thing of learning a way to uh, deal with the hand you're dealt. Mm-hmm. OBS not yeah. working, use Bandicam. Sony Vegas not working, use Movie Maker. Get not working, MS Paint, Photoshop, whatever. One of your programs may not be working, but I doubt all of them are not working. <laughs> yeah. You may be I having mean, issues with your desktop, but maybe not your laptop. Your phone might be giving you issues, but your microphone's doing fine. Like, you know, deal with the punches you're given. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, it's exactly. Um, I, I work in a library over the summer and I didn't have a good laptop that did me, that did anything really. And so I was like dealing with a lot of that being frustrating and so i would try to use the computers that were there and i just had to like limit myself to windows movie maker on some of my editing mm-hmm. i mean i didn't want to waste my time i didn't want to just sit there and do nothing 
And if that wasn't working, then I was reading something or I was watching a tutorial about something or, you know, trying to use my time wisely. So many people just waste time because it's they easy. don't know how to do something and because it's easy. Right. Yeah. It's definitely easy. Um, and again, like, there are times where I find myself indulging in too much entertainment on YouTube when I could be doing something different. I think we all deal with this. Mm-hmm. But, like... I think the majority of stuff that I watch on YouTube is educational stuff. I think the majority of things that I read online is like, I don't care about whatever's happening in politics right now. I'd rather learn about, I don't know, quantum physics or some shit. Like I'd rather read up on stuff that's actually interesting and, and actually teaches me something rather than the, the, the current gossip in the world. Mm-hmm. And what you'll come to find out, too, is the answer to your problems is often solved in the process of trying to do something different or trying to fix an issue. I can mm-hmm. come across a scenario where I didn't know how to visually show something, and then as I'm working on a side project in GIMP, I suddenly figure out the answer, right? A problem mm-hmm. that I had a month ago is suddenly now solved just by me piddling around. <laughs> like, how cool is that? The thing is, I didn't let that problem consume me. I didn't stop everything I was doing because I had an issue. No, I moved down. I put out the video. And when the time came when I solved the solution, you know, I was able to incorporate that to my bank of knowledge and make sure that it didn't happen again. Right. Uh, recently, I, I put out my new Ask Zach and I recorded a couple of days ago and I was editing it two days ago and halfway through the video, it just stopped. Adobe Premiere was not using the video properly. It wouldn't let me play through it. It was lagging. And I didn't know what was going on. I went and checked the video file, and it seemed fine. But for some reason, it just was not working properly. So that sucked, but I had to figure out some way. I was like, I'm probably going to have to re-record this, but let me try this. And because I use Windows Movie Maker occasionally for simple edits, because that's what I've had, I just ended up putting the original file in there, exporting it as an additional file, just splicing that in there instead, and it fixed my issue. <laughs> but if I hadn't dealt with those limitations before, I would never have thought about doing that. You'll be surprised how much hard work just solves on its own. <laughs> mm-hmm. Instead of, oh, I don't know, really complaining. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Complaining, it's just so many people's defaults. Yep. And it, it's it's frustrating. Agreed. Because you can't, you can't fix most of the people, most of the things that people complain about, because it's usually an internal issue, <laughs> which yeah. is pretty crazy. But yeah, something you got to deal with. Yeah, pretty much. So, remember that episode two of another YouTube podcast? Yeah. What was that about? We, I we, forgot. <laughs> Talked about YouTube and school. Oh boy. Because one of the pitfalls of being a creator is that school gets in the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I feel like this time we can actually offer a bit of a new stuff to it than when we originally talked about it at the time. Um, especially for you, because you're done with it now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So one of the things that I found out... Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if it's good advice or not, but it might be good advice for somebody. Um, if school gets in the way of what you want to do, then stop caring about it as much. <laughs> yep. Which again sounds crazy. It's very, very radical thought here. But uh, as someone that 
grew up in the school system doing really well and caring about school all the time um and then eventually figuring out exactly what i wanted to do uh my last year and a half of college has been extremely more stressful because i ended up trying to go against what most people wanted for me but also less stressful because i started doing what i wanted for me yep so i mean i've mentioned it before i'm not graduating from college i might in the future i don't know but currently i realized that 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 degree that i was getting wasn't going to help me do what i wanted to do and so i just kind of stopped caring about it as much and started putting now mind you I didn't stop caring about everything. I just stopped caring about the schoolwork and I started putting more effort into what I wanted to do, which is make videos, content creation, all that kind of stuff. I think the point where it hit me, and I've told the story before, uh, mm. was fifth grade, I believe, was the point when I realized I could mentally check out and still get through school. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, man, it's been it's been great. <laughs> those are the I'm best sure. years. Those are the best <laughs> years of middle school, junior high, and high school when you just kind of check out. And anything that would have been stressful or would have gave you a headache or would have brought you to tears is just like, oh, okay, it doesn't matter. Next, and you move on. At right. the same time, though, what it really allowed me to do was the classes that weren't stressing me out, the classes that were trying, the classes that were piquing my interest, and the teachers that were going above and beyond, it allowed me to care about them more, right? Right. So, yes, I did not pay that much attention during Algebra, Algebra 2, Geometry, and Sales, but the energy that I could have spent there was instead transferred to a love of history where I took four or five history classes, some of which wasn't even necessary. I took a Bible history class just because I had taken all the other ones. I took an ancient history class, even though (laughs) I didn't need to. I took two U.S. histories, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. And even in college, I don't need all these history classes but I found that it was a passion and it was something that I was interested in. And as a result, all that energy that I could have spent on all these other classes that I didn't care about or didn't need could be transferred over into something I like. And the same thing was true for classes about communication, classes about technology, classes about public speaking, stuff that would actually go out of my way to, to benefit me as a whole, make me a better right. person. Like that stuff I still cared about. But the stuff that, you know, didn't matter, stuff that I wasn't personally interested in, stuff that was a waste of time more than anything else, just mm-hmm. checked out, just left. <laughs> My mind right. went to La La Land. <laughs> and that was okay. And I, I do think it depends on what you want to do in life. You know, if you're a creator, but you also want to be a lawyer, you still have to get, you know, your law degree. You still have to go to school for that. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. And so care about school, right? And if... If school is getting in the way of you creating, but you still need to be that lawyer, then maybe take a break from creating or don't do as much. You know, it's kind of the whole the whole time thing again. Use your time wisely. Right. What are you prioritizing? What are you trying to get out of school? Right. Exactly. What's the purpose that you're deriving it from? Is it to land a job? 
Is it to make your parents proud? Is it to make you proud personally? Is it something that you personally are invested in? And for some people, the answer is yes. And for others, it's no. But figuring out what you value and what you want is something that can go a long way into making the whole school experience worthwhile. Uh, something I should something I should mention briefly too is that you never do stop learning at all. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like as well. you can hate school, and, and that's totally fine. A lot of people don't. I think there's a lot of problems with the education system. But the reason it's so important is because learning is a, is a lifelong skill. And it's something that you will have to eventually pick up. So keep in mind, you know, school sucks, yada, yada, yada. But the process of learning, the process of researching, the, the process of building connections with people and, you know, learning a good bit of history and math so that you can function in the outside world can be a little bit important, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that learning is one of the most important things you can do as a human. Sure. Uh, regardless of what kind of, you know, field you go into. Yep. Uh, creatively speaking, you know, we're very we're very big on learning skills, right? We learn how to use Adobe Photoshop and Premiere. We learn how to work a camera and how to, you know, create a script or, you know, how to edit a video. Like these are skills that we've learned. Yep. And that's still part of learning. Um, I loved school as a kid because I loved to learn. And when I realized, oh, wait. I learned a lot of stuff at home outside of school. It really started to hit me. And then I started not caring about school as much. Right. Um, or I, I didn't really start stop caring about school until college, but I, I stopped liking school as much. And everybody learns and, at their own different pace. Some people mm-hmm. like need school. Some people need classes. Some people need hour long lectures. <laughs> Some people mm-hmm. fall behind. I get that. That's that's a fair argument to make. And for those people, I hope you get the most out of school that you possibly can. But Agreed. for others, there comes a point when it feels like it's a waste of your own time. And as you grow mm-hmm. older and realize that there's only so many hours of the day and so many minutes of the day, you come to value your time a lot more. <laughs> and you come to realize what you're doing and how you're spending it. So when you're in mm-hmm. school and you're in a class that you don't really enjoy, but you secretly like other things or you like working even, there's some kids that just like working straight up. There's people yeah. that would rather go out there and physically like put something together or build a tool or help create something with their hands. And for people like that, school can suck because all you're doing is listening. <laughs> all you're doing is mm-hmm. watching somebody. There's a lot of visual learners out there and it's a shame that a lot of them don't have an environment where they can learn like that. Luckily for me, I wasn't a type of person like that. I could handle audio and I could handle lectures and stuff like that. But I knew a lot of people who fell behind because their mm-hmm. personal needs and interests uh, weren't being looked at, you know? And people didn't care and teachers had to get them a passing grade so they wouldn't get fired and they got pushed through the system and didn't learn how to read, you know? <laughs> Which sucks. Yeah. It sucks. It's failed a lot of people. Um I'm lucky as I am that I was able to get through it all right. And even I didn't have the best experience I've talked about in those two episodes. Right. Yeah. I, I, it's just school is such a weird topic because we have so many more opportunities to learn now on a regular basis that in many ways, unless you need that structure to learn, it is a waste of time. Yep. 
it is something that doesn't help you. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, in the coming years, school will evolve. I think school's evolved somewhat in the past, like, I don't know, what, 100-something years, 200-something years. But I don't think it's evolved enough. Sure. I don't, I don't, I, I think there's plenty of things that, that need to change with the times. And hopefully we see that, but, uh, self-awareness helps here. I agree. You know, hundred percent figuring out what you need in your life to learn what you want to do with it. And if you don't know what you need to do with it or you don't know what you want to do with it, then school is important because it gives you new opportunities and it teaches you new things. And eventually, hopefully you'll figure out what you want to do. Yep. I, I think option. I've said before. It's another option uh, out there. Yeah, exactly. I think I've said before that I, um, like, even though I'm not graduating, even though that degree is useless to me, I don't regret going to college. I still met a lot of great people and I still got a lot of experiences that I wasn't outside of it. So it's still, it was still a very big learning experience. Sure. So. Well, we've touched on a lot of this. Go watch episode two, YouTube in school. It's a good one. It's pretty good. It's a winner. It was, it was the, it was very early on, but it was the first time we were like, we don't know what to talk about. <laughs> kind of like We today. just want to talk about <laughs> random shit. So here we are. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> next up, I'm going to do something that's kind of similar in nature. Mm-hmm. Parents. <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> what are they? <laughs> What are they planning to do? Oh boy. (laughs) Um, Oh boy. I feel like this is aimed not to quite me and you personally. Uh, Mm -hmm. When I wrote it, it was more toward the uh, younger demographic of folks out there. But I should note that it is still a thing that you deal with for the rest of your life. (laughs) You know, they don't don't leave. Until they, they don't. <laughs> um, you know, which is good, right? Like right. parents are very important. Right. I love my parents. Me too. Um, they've been they've been pretty produ- uh, supportive and in most of the things that I've been involved in. Uh YouTube wasn't one of them for a while. And, you know, even in certain instances, I don't think my dad per you know, is very up to date on what I do here. But yeah, I mean, there are lots of a lot of people will not do YouTube because their parents don't want them to do it or they're, they're not able to do as much of it because their parents won't allow them to do it. Uh, it's a very real situation that that people have to deal with. Um, I think and it's part of it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, go ahead. Um, I think the first thing that we have to consider is that if you're young enough, your parents are probably right. <laughs> I kind of yeah. wish there was someone to tell me that these videos were cringy. <laughs> when I, <laughs> I kind of wish I had that guiding hand to be like, are you sure you want to upload the Sploder Show episode one? <laughs> are you really going to like that years down the road? Like, I wish I kind of had that, that moment. <laughs> and I can only imagine it's worse for other kids who see their Let's Player friends and they're like nine or eight. And they do their own, and they upload it to the internet, and ten years go by, and the video's still up, and the boss finds it, and <laughs> all that other stuff. In a sense, that's gonna be interesting. In a sense, your parents are right. You you know, you you probably won't 
come back to uh, help you <laughs> in the long run <laughs> if you're young enough. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like putting that out there that there is an argument to be made for sure. Right. I, I actually I 100 percent agree. Um, I I was I was very sheltered as a kid. Yeah. And my like what I did online was was very much monitored by my dad. And but by middle school, I, I wasn't monitored as much, which surprises me now that I think about it. <laughs> um, I, I, I wasn't allowed to watch most movies and TV shows and all that kind of stuff. There were very there were a lot of things that I wasn't allowed to do at home and I wasn't allowed to do at school or whatever. But when it came to the Internet, um, my parents just kind of trusted me. Which is I mean, it was good for me, but maybe it wasn't as much for certain things, you know? Sure. Um, but I, I do think that if you're at the age where your parents are monitoring everything you do, then I agree. I mean, maybe you shouldn't be making YouTube videos yet. Maybe you're still too young. I think that in certain ways, making videos when you're young is awesome because you learn about, you know, creating things and it, the older you get the just the better you're going to get at it mm-hmm. but maybe that means having a private youtube channel that you just upload for fun and you don't let anybody else see it except for like the, your relatives and stuff mm-hmm. i think that's perfectly okay now when you get into high school <laughs> you get to be a little bit older and you're like i want to make these videos and um, even college, like when you're when you're an adult at that point and you're making videos and your parents are like, you shouldn't be doing this. This isn't something that that's going to, you know, this is a waste of time, whatever it might be. Then that can be where you're like, OK, how much do I want to do this? Is this really important to me? Is this something that I want to pursue? And then you might have to argue a little bit about it. And if it is something you want to pursue, you're going to have to reach that point where you're going to have to let go of what your parents think about it and try it out. You know, for your own benefit. Yeah. Just to see. Yeah. Just to see. Just to experiment. Just to know if all your suspicions and your ideas about YouTube, you know, were even a thing or not. You know, some people have way too big ambitions and others not as much, but they're never going to find out unless they try. Right. And I think the idea of limiting that ability to try can be kind of damaging in a way, can feel a little bit you know, isolating can feel a bit restrictive toward developing mm. and becoming a better person, right? We're all going to have those curiosities. We're all going to wonder about this sort of thing. And until you actually do it, you're never going to really have an answer. And if you don't have an answer, that leads to regret. And when you're 30 and you have the regret that you wish you could have done YouTube when you were 20, but didn't because your parents didn't want you to, that's when it's going to start hitting, Right. When you're 80 and 90 and in a senior center and you realize that, man, I wish I could have done the thing that I wanted to do. If only I didn't place so much emphasis on what other people thought would be best for me. You know, regret's an awful thing to live with. And as scary as it seems to want to do YouTube despite nobody supporting you. And we're not talking about parents here exclusively. It can be anybody not supporting you, your friends, whoever. Uh, it can be scary, but I'm telling you, regret's a lot scarier. <laughs> the wondering of yeah. what if is more scary than than any potential person who doesn't want you to do YouTube. 
support is such a tricky subject because unless you just have awful parents that don't care what you do in life, your parents probably support you in everything you do. Yep. But they might not support specifically what you're doing in the way that you feel like they should be. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that my parents love me and I know that they support me in what I'm doing. However, I also know that my dad would prefer if I had become a music teacher, like I originally said I was going to, because he knows that that would be a steady job that I would, you know, not have to risk as much that I wouldn't be putting out everything about my life on the internet. You know, there's a variety of different things, but I know that he would feel much better about me if I did that Mm -hmm. instead of what I'm doing now. Now, one day, if I'm successful at this, when I get to that point, then, and I'm like, yo, dad, mom, I bought you a house. And they're going to be like, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) XB. Um, but until then I, you, I just kind of have to be like, all right, dad, I, I appreciate your, your thoughts because what it comes down to is they, they want the best for you, right? That's what I'm trying to get at. Right. Right. Is that support to, to the people for the most part, especially your parents is they want the best for you. Mm -hmm. They, they want you like, even when you're young, they want you to go to school and they don't want you to be bullied. Right. And when you go home crying about being bullied your mom feels terrible because she can't go to school and take care of that for you (laughs) because you you know like it's it's things like that they're the reasons that parents have to not support their children when it comes to their passions and their dreams and that kind of stuff is because that gets to the point where it's uncomfortable for the parents to do anything in that situation and that they can't fix all of the issues that you might end up having because you're taking these risks Yep. And it's it's tough for them to understand where you're coming from. And so you have to be almost the bigger person. You have to be like, well, you know, I know they love me. I know they want what's best for me. I know they don't 100% support everything that I'm doing. But if they just wait a little bit longer, if I just keep working at it, they'll see that I was right. Yep. And if you're not and, right... Yeah. They still love you regardless. Yeah, exactly. You don't have anything to lose. That's what the best part of it is, right? (laughs) You don't because, I mean, if if you argue with your parents about not doing YouTube now and then you end up listening to them and not doing YouTube at all and then you just keep that regret with you your entire life, then you're just going to continue to argue about it your entire life, right? And you'll feel resentful toward your parents. (laughs) Exactly. Which is worse than anything you'd want, so. Agreed. But if you go against what they say now, because you know in your heart, you know what you're doing is is what you want to do, and you feel like you can be successful and you really work at it, then one day you're actually successful. You can be like, you know, this is cool. And then, so what if your parents didn't support you with that at that time being? I bet they're supporting you now because you're successful. Sure. I think so it's it's a it's a weird thing. <laughs> I think there's a balance as a parent between wanting to protect your child Mm -hmm. and coddle them and save them from all the ugly, nasty realities of life. And the other side of things of 
letting them discover themselves, building up a sense of self-awareness and self-worth, letting right. them experiment and gain their own identity as opposed to whatever you tell them to do, right? And that's a balance for sure. You don't want your child making every decision for themselves because if that was the case, they'd probably keep touching the stove and burn their finger off, all right? Like there's a, there's a line, <laughs> there's a line to be crossed, yeah. definitely. And there's definitely. a balance to it. On the other hand, you can't protect them from everything. You can't coddle them from everything. You can't shelter them from everything. And you got to accept the reality that sometimes overprotecting and overcoddling ends up becoming your worst nightmare. And the things that you were afraid your child to interact with become a lot scarier when they're 20 and they have no idea what it actually is. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, but I'm not a parent. You know. And I don't have to deal with that. And it's a lot easier being in the position where I'm in, where I ain't got to deal with any of that. And I'm my own person. I could be like, ha ha, mom, you don't know any better. <laughs> like, it's easy for me to say that. But I'm right. not the one raising kids and finding that balance. And no parent is perfect. And, you know, times change, <laughs> frankly. There's a generational right. gap. There's an age gap. What's acceptable parenting practices now? you know, probably weren't the case 10 years ago. I can tell you that much, especially if the news is anything to go by. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's a trick. I got whoopings. Yep. <laughs> and you can't give what well, you can't give whoopings no more. Yep. And I'm like, me, man, <laughs> I'd have to deal with that. <laughs> My kids bad at school and they come home and I get a phone call from their teacher. Telling me I can't whoop them? <laughs> no, the, the punishment in the future, you'll have to let them watch uh, musically cringe compilations. <laughs> yeah. I'll <laughs> be like, all right. No, here's here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be like, all right. Top back at school. You get to watch old 2013 Subijian games. You get to watch <laughs> you get Tyler Twilight Princess. <laughs> yeah. Let's play. And you cannot leave your room until it's finished. <laughs> until it's finished. <laughs> That's how I'm going to punish my kids. Or you got to figure it out. And then they're going to come Hopefully. out of the room and they're going to be like, I'm done. And you're going to be like, all right, what was the main topic of episode 23? And they're like, uh, I don't. Back to your room. <laughs> Go watch it again. Go watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It, parenting is a is a very hard thing that neither of us had to, had to deal with thankfully thank god um, <laughs> i'd be a horrible parent i can already tell you <laughs> <laughs> i will say for any parents that are listening out there i did help take care of my younger siblings my entire life so i've had to deal with like parenting issues at a very young age um not that i'm any better than anybody else but i you know i've had to deal with some of that kind of stuff and I understand how difficult it is. Mm -hmm. I get it completely. Um, I know how it feels to want the best for, for somebody like my brother and him just not wanting the best for him himself, you know? Sure. And it's, it's, it's tough, right? Like, but then I'll also say like, you know, continue to try to raise your kids the best you can so that they stay out of jail and don't become strippers. <laughs> but if it comes down to like making videos, allow, you know, allow them to be creative in, in the ways they want to be creative with, within reason, of course. Sure. And I think we underestimate how smart kids are and how much they can understand things like, you know, mm. violence or war or being scared or frightened and stuff like that. We don't give a lot of credits to kids. And in the modern era where most kids are attached to their phones, I'm sure they know a lot more than we did <laughs> when we were yeah. seven or eight. 
you know? We, we don't give a lot of credit to them, and I feel like they know a lot about life and everything. It's, as James of Extra Credits put it, children are just like adults with less experience, you know? Pretty much. And when we look yeah. at it from that perspective, we start treating them like actual people with ambitions. Right. With goals, with dreams, with aspirations, and all that sort of Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's tough. There's yeah. definitely a balance to it. And stay tuned uh, for our another parenting podcast where we go and do <laughs> all the details of parenting. <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking, yeah. uh, talking about this, like, I kind of want to set up, like, a Facebook group for parents of creators and oh, just, like, fun. talk to parents and just kind of, like, you know, see what issues they're dealing with and see how, as a creator, I could, like, help them. I don't know. Like, this was – I feel like this is something that I would have to be at a certain success level. Probably. Before I can do it. Yeah. You know, so that I have some kind of authority on the topic. Mm. But also, I, I just – you know, some kind of uh, – what's the word? Like, support group. Sure. For parents of creatives. Because we can be tough sometimes. <laughs> I agree, yeah. It was better than my so. idea of doing a parenting podcast and have episode one be about <laughs> breastfeeding. So, You know, I, I like that idea too. I think we should go with it. I think the idea of two men in their 20s talking about breastfeeding <laughs> is something that we have a surprising amount of authority on, really. A lot of people I, I think I, I think we could uh, we could take the market there. Yeah. I feel like that's, a, you, that's an untapped, <laughs> untapped space. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> with that out of the way, how about you pick the next one? <laughs> oh, man. So, you may be wondering. Yeah. You start a YouTube channel and you're making some videos, but you just... You just don't feel like you're making original content. You haven't quite figured out your identity online yet. Mm -hmm. That's a real issue. Yeah. I think... Uh, originality is hard. I think the first step to being truly original is to realize that everything has already been done before. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> the Pretty much, except for uh, a podcast about two men in their twenties talking about breastfeeding. Yeah, that's untaken. This is this is a really really original. Don't yeah. steal my OC podcast. Idea. <laughs> I know a lot of you out there are trying to steal it, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. It's gonna be a real thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, here's the thing. Nothing nothing is truly truly original. Everything is derivative of something else, right? The the joke being like The Simpsons did it. If you're an animated mm -hmm. sitcom and you try to come up with ideas for episodes, chances are you're going to copy a series with over, like, a thousand episodes in 20 seasons, right? Like, that's just an inevitability. That's math playing out in front of you. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah. a probability that you're probably going to do something, no matter how original you think it is, that's derivative of someone else's work. The thing is, where the tree neatness lies, in my opinion, is not in the idea itself, but the spin that you can put on it via your personality, Right? Who are mm -hmm. you as a person? Like, let's plays or something that have been done to death. All right, we get it. They're, they've been done a thousand times. But no one can quite do a let's play like you can. Because you're yourself. You're unique. You're different. You're, you're someone else entirely. No one can quite do a podcast about YouTube like you can. 
it's when we start right. to embrace our differences and embrace what makes us different and unique where you truly start to find the most creative projects ever made. Truly original. It's, you know, human beings are, are something extremely interesting because, like, there's so many of us. Yeah. There's like 7 billion of us now. And yet, every one of us is unique. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird, but we all we all go through different life things we all have you know different upbringings and we all have different likes and interests and dislikes and we all have something original that we can say about a particular topic yep and sure somebody might say the exact same thing as you but they're not saying it with the experience you have mm-hmm. so it's yeah i i being original you're already original. You're your own person. Simply Congratulations. <laughs> you did it. Congrats. You did it. <laughs> yeah. Um now go ahead. With that being said, um when it comes to making original content, I still hold truth with I think I've said it on the podcast, there's like this common thing in like jazz where if you you're learning how to improv, which is creating solos from scratch, you know, uh, um, right on the spot um, the way you learn to do that is kind of like developing a language where you listen to other musicians and you you pick apart what they're doing and you play exactly what they're doing and you start picking apart from so many different places that you're putting them all together and you're assimilating them together and then eventually you start having new ideas and innovating the craft yep I think it's very similar to making videos or content creation as a whole that the more you, the more pieces you take from other people, that's not necessarily original. It's just something you see that you like. And so you decide to put that in your own thing. The more you're going to start creating something original yourself. I think again, I've already kind of quoted them before, but extra credits when they did an episode about, Oh, do you want to be a designer? And they went over all the different aspects that you need. Like you probably have to have a good knowledge of math. You probably have to have a good knowledge of programming. You probably have to have a good knowledge of mythology and literature and all this other stuff. But the thing at the end that they say is you just have to have life experience. You have to have lived enough life. You had to have experienced enough media, enough video games before you can truly start creating something original in and of itself. You know, you want to make a YouTube Let's Play series? If you watch every Let's Play known to man, (laughs) which is hard and that takes a lot of time, but I bet you could end up coming up with something unique simply by having experience what's out there, what's to offer. You have to do a lot of living before you can actually create something unique. And that's something I find super interesting in the fact that like, typically there aren't a lot of older content creators, like people in their 60s and 70s, like creating content. There aren't a whole lot of them making Twitter posts or Instagram or Snapchat. But personally, I find like they have the biggest advantage in all of this because they had life experience. They have stories to tell. They in and of themselves, their life story is content to make up for like 80 different videos compared to me. Who's like in his twenties and like still has a lot of life left to live. Like, the most original stuff might just be from the 80-year-olds, and it's a shame that a lot of them feel like they can't enter the YouTube world because it's a younger man's game when they have, like, one of the biggest advantages of them all. 
Yeah, I um, <laughs> there's a there's a woman on Twitter that I follow, and her name is Myrna, and she's like this eighty year old woman, and she just says some of the most like original content on Twitter because it's stuff from the perspective of an eighty year old woman. Yep, like. It's been 538 days and Naomi has still not returned my oval Pyrex lid. I don't even know what a Pyrex is. I don't know. But that's funny as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. It's just like, just like shit, like cottage is the most underappreciated of cheeses. Like what? Mm, Not true, by the way. It's false. I I agree. It's a false. (laughs) I agree. But it's so funny. And it's, it's like when I watch a Game Grumps Let's Play, I don't watch it because of the... The con- or the the game, I watch it because of the commentary. I watch it because Danny is like forty now, or about to be forty. He's in his forties, yeah. And is he in his forties? Yeah. And like he's had some life to live, and that you know those conversations are super interesting. Like he mentioned earlier um, with the Aaron Wikipedia's himself, him going through yeah. that article is him recounting all these stories that he never got to before because he has an exactly, now. you know. Living life. Even talking to my own grandmother, like she'll still tell me stories about stuff that I had no idea. Yep. And it's yeah, it's I mean it's crazy and I I often envy so, that experience and that wisdom. And I wish I, I had all that knowledge along with the, the energy I have now. <laughs> right, yeah. Like I could exactly. somehow get the best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's crazy. It's it's one of the things it's like if I if I become a successful content creator and I do well and I do what I want to do when I'm young, like I'm definitely like my retirement is gonna be a let's play channel. Hell yeah! <laughs> I'm just gonna play games and fucking talk about life, and it's gonna be great. Yeah. Welcome to my 99 year old Minecraft let's play. <laughs> I haven't played I haven't played Minecraft yet, but I feel like this is the perfect time. I remember back in the summer of. O oh, ten, <laughs> playing Minecraft, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no, it's a creeper!" <laughs> oh no, it's a creeper! Look, exactly. Looking back on it, I was definitely foolish. <laughs> <laughs> Shit like that would be great, you know? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's why I still like watching Nintendo Capri Sonic occasionally. Yeah, um, because I mean, he's he's getting up there in age too, and he's doing just fine. And he, talks about his life and it's super interesting but that's where the most creative things can come from from your own life experiences from the life you're living Mm -hmm. now even if you think like oh you're too young or whatever i'm sure you have interesting stories i'm sure you have uh, points of references i'm sure some kid did a weird thing on a bus that you're like oh my god why and you want to talk about it and vent and you do it in your let's play part and that can be interesting to some people Right? It doesn't matter what age you are. Simply going out there and living life is one of the best ways to get not only creative inspiration, but also stories and experience as a whole. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this this also feeds back into the whole go out there and do other stuff in your life besides just creating content. Because when you do things that aren't strictly making content, you oftentimes come up with new ideas and new original things to talk about and to do. Agree. And that's the thing too. When you're starting out, you're probably not going to be the most creative person you ever want to be, right? There's going to be limitations. There's going to be points of inspiration that you might stick a little too hard to. And that's totally okay because a lot of channels start out being a copy of someone else, believe it or not. Um, My favorite example to quote is uh, Some Call Me Johnny. 
Dude makes these amazing reviews, like real in-depth stuff with his own personal sense of humor. Go back and watch his early stuff, and he's even said it in person, was just trying to copy the Angry Video Gamer and do a worse job. Yeah. You know? But it was through him Mm -hmm. making those videos, and it was through him learning that he was able to develop his own personality and to realize that the content that he really loved making was what was unique to him and his skill set, his experiences involving his brother Elliot and the games that he played as a child and stuff like that. Right. And also look around your niche, look at what you're doing. If you're a movie reviewer, look up, like find some weird ass movies, like just find some movies that nobody's reviewed because they're, they're out there. Yep. And even if like a couple of people have reviewed them, you're still going to be just one of two, one of three, one of four people that have reviewed that movie. And the same thing goes with games or comics or whatever it is that you review or, you know, what if you're if you're like into beauty stuff, like go look at some beauty things from a different country and learn how to do that and talk about that. Just there's there's so much more out there that you don't realize that you could kind of shine some light on it. Maybe it doesn't have as much, you know, of a following now and you could easily become, you know, you could grow off of that pretty easily agreed and another thing to keep in mind too if you don't have that creative idea if you don't have that spark of inspiration but you still really want to make a video you know we've mentioned it before the idea doesn't matter it's the execution you can do a video Mm -hmm. topic that's been talked about a thousand times and if you're able to execute on it in a way that no one else has the production value or the voiceover how you edit the video or whatever it can be creative in its own right right and mm-hmm. we put so much emphasis on the idea and being creative and, oh, it's the artistic way, whatever. It doesn't matter if it's not made. It doesn't matter if it, you know, doesn't materialize into a video. You have to execute on them. And sure, this mm-hmm. idea might not be the most creative thing ever made, but it's what you have right now in using the hand that you're dealt, aka being adaptable. You can execute on any idea in the world, <laughs> regardless of how Absolutely. overdone it is. I mean, I'm working on a review for Iron Man 2. You know how many people have reviewed Iron Man 2? A lot. A lot. (laughs) Doesn't mean that I can't put my own little spin on it. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that I can't talk about it. And also, sometimes originality and ideas isn't the best. Agreed. Uh, You know, once you start working on a series, uh, and maybe you're not getting as many views on that series now, but what you've done is created a rapport with your audience to where they expect this this like consistency here um for instance like i'm reviewing the marvel cinematic universe everybody else has reviewed the marvel cinematic universe or reviewed like single movies within it but once i get through that entire thing i'm gonna have an audience i'm gonna have people come in through those videos and be like oh wow this guy did one of these movies but he also did the rest of them i can just bench these throughout this day Mm -hmm. or when a new movie comes out in that series they'll, you know, they'll automatically look forward to seeing the new review from me, right? Like it's it's kind of having this kind of rapport with your audience with what you're doing as well for the non-original ideas is just as important. Sometimes it's more important to have your content be evergreen and future-proof than it does necessarily mm. having to be new and creative. <laughs> right, because you can, you can be new and creative and create a trend even and do really well there, but then once that trend is over... That video is not going to really do anything for you. I mean, a right? fat is a fat, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Disco was pretty original. Sure. Disco was really original. And where's it at today? No one likes it. <laughs> uh, we are. So, uh, it's, it's, yeah. That being said, though, we are still doing the breastfeeding episode. That's not. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> it's not a joke. It's happening. Yeah. Well, that spark of creat- creativity will not leave. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to happen. We're sticking with that one. Absolutely. For sure. All right. Yes. Uh, next up, this is kind of a smaller one, a little bit. Um, but sometimes equipment issues can come into play. Sometimes your stuff doesn't work, mm-hmm. and you might have to replace it, buy a new one, or maybe even upgrade. Really, and right. Sort of a solution to it that we kind of already covered. Um, use what you have. Learn with what you have. It's, it's almost like some of these solutions help with multiple problems. What a shock. <laughs> but it, yeah, I mean, it's similar to the money thing, right? Like, yeah. you know, it, it can be hard to upgrade your equipment. And you may want 64 gigabytes of RAM, but you only have 12. And you can't make as many edits in your video as you want because it lags a lot. Well, then either put that video to the side until you have the money to upgrade or do with what you can right agreed that's pretty much it it's a, for that one. Yeah. it's a short one but it's a good one pretty much it, yeah yeah it's a, it's a real issue it definitely is and i've you know i think we've both probably dealt with that before it's more of a daily problem than it is a you know month-long deal <laughs> right typically i'll have an issue yeah. with the software and then i'll be like all right let me reinstall it or whatever and at most i waste like a couple of hours in a day that i could have spent doing something else but like it's fixed now so that's cool. <laughs> there you go. But I've like swapped between Bandicam and OBS several times because one decides not to work. You know? mm. It just depends. Yeah, I, depends. It, it can be it can be weird. OBS will not do something right, and the fix is me restarting my computer ten times. And I'm not joking. Like that that's the fix sometimes. I agree. So you either you either like bust your head against the wall and try to fix it if you really need to, which is sometimes the case or you try to figure out a different solution like like Ada mentioned use Bandicam or whatever it may be mm-hmm. yeah. um lack of having an audience yeah yeah you uh you just started a YouTube channel and you've got two views on your most recent video and then you make another video and you got two views on that one and then you make another one you oh you have zero views okay well what am I going to do? It's it's a very real issue. Agreed. All these are very real issues. It's not a fake and one some, in here, really. <laughs> no, you know, there's no fake one, ones in here. It, it's something you just got to have to deal with. Um, I feel like if you're a live streamer, this can hinder you more. Oh, yeah. Because if you're trying to live stream and nobody's there to watch, then you just kind of have to deal with it and you just have to push through the live stream. And that can, that can almost be more difficult. But even then, I, I, the the way you get more views, we've talked about this before, is to just keep putting out more content. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing that can help too is don't expect anything of anyone, at least starting out. Mm-hmm. At least when you're Definitely. at the early point where you're just sort of doing YouTube for yourself and you're trying wildly different things in between videos and your content changes rapidly in between videos you know, that's not necessarily appealing for a lot of people to watch a lot of the time. 
not many people are interested in the early YouTuber video. Not too many people are interested in the rapidly changing video topics, ideas, or quality, right? Some people are, mm-hmm. and some people will love that when you get big. Exactly. But starting out, like, you can't expect people to watch this when you're just trying to figure yourself out, you know? That being said, once you've gotten to a point where you feel confident in your own content and you feel like there are actual people who would enjoy this, then it comes down to doing things like learning how to market, learning how to get your content into different places, learning SEO, following trends, evergreen stuff, things that we've talked about before. Yeah, it's it's an issue that you can just kind of solve by doing a lot of things that we've talked about already. But also, like Aiden said, just kind of not caring about the views right off the bat because, you know, you're still trying to figure out your thing. Sure. And that's okay. Would you want to watch one of your early videos? Like, a lot of people would say no, and rightfully so, because a lot of them are bad. (laughs) And that's okay. Uh, Yep. (laughs) But because of that, you can't expect people to love it and eat it up and give it, like, 100 views or whatever, right? Exactly. If you know it's bad, if you know the content isn't good then why do you also expect your bad content to get views? You know? Mm. And, and that is something you have to put in perspective for yourself as well. You can't, unless you've got a background of video produce, production already, unless you're, you've been creating these masterpieces already, like if this is the first time you've ever made a video and you're uploading it to the internet, you just need to have that expectation of yourself yep. that it's not going to be great. It's going to probably be bad. And that's okay, and that's why you keep making videos. That's why you keep doing it. Sure. But don't expect an overnight success. Don't expect billions of views on your first video. Whatever. You know, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. I agree. I we got two more left, baby. Although one of them we already kind of talked about, though, to be fair. Yeah. We talked about the identity one. Yeah. So we got one more left. One more. Yeah. I'll let you call, I'll let you uh let you talk about it right quick. All right. So the last one we have on our ever growing list is one that we have spent an episode on before. What a shock. Lack of consistency. <laughs> I'm not consistent enough. Yeah. I don't put out enough. I'm not giving myself opportunities to succeed because I'm just not consistent with my content. Whether that means I'm not upholding to a certain quantity standard or for some people, I'm not upholding to a certain quality standard in between video. And both of them Mm -hmm. are technically arguments for consistency, Uh, but it depends on what you want. So keep that in mind. Agreed. So, I mean, this is something that I deal with. I oftentimes, again, want to do more than I'm able to. And I oftentimes want to be more consistent than I than I than I do. And one of the ways that I kind of combat this is taking a step back, figuring out what I can do, what I can't do, kind of the whole scheduling thing, you know, fi- working my way through all that. And then it comes down to how can I be consistent in my in my quality of my videos, right? Like how how can I make sure that my quality is consistent enough to help me put out more videos to help me maintain that kind of consistency. Mm -hmm. So they work hand in hand. They really do. Sure. But it depends a lot on your mindset and your strategy. It does. Um, 
I'd say go back and listen to our quality versus quantity episode. Yeah. Because that helps a lot. Um, if you're, you know, if you're looking at a quality mindset, you want to put out a good video once a month. How can you remain consistent there? I think the best way to be consistent there is to have a vision of what you want your videos to be. Make sure they're within your, like, the niche you're trying to go for. And then continue to consistently get better every single video you put out. So maybe you learn a new trick. Maybe you learn a new editing tip. Whatever it may be. And then you, you'll you see that consistency go up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, you're, if your mindset is, I want to have more quantity... Well, then you still need to pay attention to the quality of whatever videos you're putting out again and just kind of how can you make things more efficient? Can you make this editing thing that takes you two hours? Can you do that in 30 minutes instead? Is it is it possible? Can you come up with a formula and that will not only make your content consistent scheduling wise for your viewers, but also be, you know, created in the same sense you know in the same consistency to where viewers won't feel alienated by this new video you put out right right and that's an important thing to keep in mind is you got to be sure that that your viewers are okay with your consistency and what you're putting out right because you may feel personally content with how consistent you are uh but some people can hate that (laughs) some people would hate your content for that and that's you know something you got to keep in mind Mm mm-hmm um, I think one of the things that I did wrong last year was put out a shit ton of Binding of Isaac videos. Um, I, you know, they, they were consistent. They were of the pretty general quality. They got certain views, but I don't <laughs> think, but because of the, the type of channel that I would started running in the past, it didn't quite fit exactly what I was going for. And so I'm pretty sure that that had a reason as to why I stopped doing as well on that channel. It depends a lot on the type of content you're making too. Mm. Videos that take longer to make are expected to, as a result, not be as consistent as let's say let's players or vlogger, you know, right. That's just a reality of like time. <laughs> you can't make a review mm. every day, unfortunately, uh, as much as you would like to, or at least a high quality one. Granted there's like five yeah. second reviews and stuff like that. But that's a whole different thing. And even though it's yeah. time to make, believe it or not, they're not just whatever. Uh, but yeah, figure out what content you do and figure out a balance that's, you know, satisfactory, whether that's getting a certain amount of videos out or working on improving the quality of them. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty simple issue, I think, to fix. Is that it? Oh, boy. I feel like that's it, man. Okay. I feel like we've gotten through a lot of it. So what I want to do now, before we get into the comments, is I'm going to ask a question for both of us here. We're both going to answer it. Okay. Zach, what do you think throughout your entire YouTube career, we're talking music channels to BGN Games, Zack Snyder Productions, all of it together. What Mm. do you think has been your biggest problem or issue with YouTube? And how have you worked around it or solved it or whatever? I think I think my biggest issue was not quite having a sense of self-awareness early on. Um, you know, I started YouTube because I was inspired by somebody and I wanted to make videos. 
but never had really like a sense of direction. I just kind of did it. And then at some point it clicked that I wanted to continue doing it in the hopes of, you know, getting money and being famous or some shit. But then I didn't, or I when when that had started happening, I still didn't put in all the pieces of the puzzle to where I knew that I needed to kind of research. Well, how do I make my videos better? And how do I do all these things that could help, you know, propel my videos and get more growth and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I think, I think for me, it's just that kind of sense of direction and that self-awareness, not realizing exactly what I wanted until much later on, which I see as an issue, um, especially 2014 through 2016, <laughs> that period of time, <laughs> uh, that period of time where I was putting out daily videos, right? I was putting out, you know, I, I put two videos on a day most of this time even. Uh, but I didn't quite know what I wanted from it. And even even in my regular life outside of YouTube, I didn't quite know what I wanted from that either. It was it was very mixed feelings on a lot of different things. Uh, the way I fixed this was just kind of reflecting a lot and kind of figuring out, you know, what do I want? Do I really want to, you know, be a content creator online and go down this path of high risk, but high reward if it works out. Do I really want to spend hours and hours and hours making better videos that, that aren't just, you know, these little let's plays that take me 30 minutes to do? Like, it was it was a lot of experimentation. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a lot, of, it took a lot of time to fix that. So that would be, that would be my suggestion if anybody else is feeling like they don't know what direction they're going, you know, they're going towards take some time to reflect and really experiment as much as you can. I agree wholeheartedly. That's super important yeah. to uh, keep in mind of what are you in it for? You know, mm -hmm. what do you enjoy about YouTube and what keeps you excited about it and wanting to keep making videos day in and day out? That's important to know. Absolutely. Um, what about you? Ooh, for me personally, and this is including Blue Couch Productions and the first channel, Mr. Mario 952. <laughs> yes. Which later became um, the Splutter Show as a whole. Hmm. Uh, I think my biggest issue and I might change my mind on this later on I'm not sure <laughs> um, was worrying about things that I couldn't change or that I had no hmm. involvement in you know yeah there very much was a worry and I talked about this on another week on YouTube where I felt like even though I was reaching year two of this channel and even though I felt like I had come a long way that I was very much disappointed in myself that I mm. could have done better that I could have made all these sort of different videos that I could have put out more that they could have been better quality that I could have expounded on all these series that I could have done more on Mr. Mario 952 because I never uploaded enough. 
that I could have, uh, you know, worked on series that were popular at the time instead of, you know, letting them die and all these what ifs and stuff that I that I could have done and all that sort of stuff really got to me for a long while and it, it still kind of does to an extent. Mm-hmm. But what helped a lot in that was realizing that I can't control what happens in life. I couldn't control that period from December to May where we moved around from the old house to a temporary one to the one I live at now. I couldn't help all the moving. I couldn't help, you know, making that trip to South Carolina and wondering, you know, if it was worth it or not sort of stuff and having to come back home. I couldn't help my worries about college and all these sort of different things. I couldn't control it and it made me feel scared. It made me feel worried and managed to hurt my self-worth as a whole, you know, like I felt bad because of it. And I think what helped was number one, realizing I couldn't control every single aspect of it, realizing that life is something that happens regardless of whether or not I want it to. And the other thing is I need to start being more proud of what I've actually made. I need to start looking back and seeing where I came from and where I'm at now and realize how much work and how much effort that took to get there. I need to start recognizing that my content a year ago was a lot worse than it was now. (laughs) And even though I made a lot more of it in year one, it's not necessarily stuff that I'm proud of, you know? Fucking preach. (laughs) You know, not necessarily stuff that I'm super excited about or even care about. Sure, I made less in year two, but it's stuff that I'm proud of. It's videos that I'm excited about. I've come a long way. I've learned a lot of things. And I'm continuing to learn, you know? I'm only year two. There's still so many years to come, and I'm sure this channel is going to take different forms and go from exciting places. And who knows? Maybe it might not even exist in a couple of years if everything turns out the way it does. But I got to appreciate the process. I got to appreciate where I've come from, where I'm at now, and realize that I've come a long way since then. And sure, there are things I can't control and there are things that I can't manage, but, you know, I can't let that get to me. I can't let that affect my self-worth as a whole. Um, but that's something that, that I've dealt with and I'm still kind of dealing with to a similar extent on Blue Couch Productions and also Mr. Mario 95. Right. Now I get it. I do get it. Um, that that one thing you talked about, like how you have to realize what you created this year, it may not be as much, but you're way more proud of it. Like that hits home for me big time for the last year because, I mean, I mentioned it before on Subijin Games, I put out way more content and I was very excited about that and I was very proud of putting out all that content and now I'm just mad on it because... Like in one in one way, I felt like I I almost failed because I didn't put as much content out this year, mm-hmm. and so that you know that kind of messes with me a bit. But then I look back on it and I'm like, I put out better stuff sure. this past year, right? Like it's things that I'm way more proud of. It's things that I can now definitively like, you know, if somebody says, "What do you do?" and you're like, "I mean, I make YouTube videos." Maybe like, oh really? Can you show me something of yours? It's like I don't have to go pick between 
35, 40 different Let's Plays and be like, yeah, I guess here's Let's Play fucking Cuphead from 2017. I can be like, here's this very nice, like, Breath of the Wild video that I made that I really am proud of. You know, like, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you feel the same way now. Like, there's probably content that you feel like you could actually show to somebody. Yeah. Fruits of my labor videos that took a long time, ones that I thought would never get made, or videos I couldn't have even made a year ago, based on my skill set and where I was at personally. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's very hard as content creators to really appreciate what we've made and all of that. And, and the fact that we always try to get better and we always try to improve and we're always after the next sub marker, the next view milestone right. or whatever, it can be very hard to look back at what you've actually done and realize how far you've come. And not only yeah. like as a channel, but as a person. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head there. Like it's... You know, you put out one video, and then as soon as you market it a little bit, as soon as you take care of that SEO, you move on to the next one. And you just try to make that one even better, and you just keep on moving on and moving on. And so it can very often feel like that you're just kind of stuck because you're always looking towards the next video. You're always looking towards the next views and the next subscribers and all that kind of stuff. But I think we all, as a creator, from from the little guys you know, us, the little guys to all the way to the big guys, we got to, we got to look at what we've done and kind of appreciate that a lot more because if we don't, then you're just going to get depressed. Sure. <laughs> Nobody wants that. So that's, that's definitely the, the biggest thing I've learned is appreciate what you've made and realize you can't control everything. <laughs> yeah. Those two in tandem, probably pretty, pretty important stuff. Absolutely. Cool. Well, that's been uh that's been the main topic this week. Hope you guys have liked it. E. I like talking about it. I learned some stuff today. Sure. So that's cool. Um but let's move on to the to the comments. Comment time. Comment time. Do you want to read Calfro's comment or do you want me to? Hey, you can go ahead and do it. Alright, so he says I mentioned in the episode last week, I said, I think Calfro watches all these. He said, yeah, I've seen them all. You're stuck with me, fellas. <laughs> so that's cool. <laughs> that was nice of him to uh, say that. Yeah. It was cute. Definitely. Definitely. And then we got our our <laughs> massive comment from Patient once again. As usual. Possibly longer than the last episodes, which is fine. Is it? I think so. Oh, <laughs> boy. All right. Um, here's what I want to try to do. Yes. I'm going to try to read the whole thing. Okay. But rather than okay. like stopping in between paragraphs to talk about each thing, we just mm-hmm. talk about it all at the end. Like briefly. Let's do it. I think that'll work because then it'll be a lot quicker, I feel. I agree. Okay. So here we go. This one is from Patient. I'm going to try to get through this as quick as possible. She writes, this is podcastception. My brain can't handle it. Also, fair warning that this is a long comment. You don't have to read the entire thing out. Lamau. Aiden's week on YouTube has consisted of me pestering him to make NBL draft layouts on stream and him bamboozling me every time, and I am mildly disgruntled. I even spent a whole hour and a half getting images for this mail. SMH. Zach absolutely should have been in the league. I should have J. It is a disgrace that they are in the league, and I am even more mildly disgruntled by this outrageous decision. I would also like to take the time to expose Aiden. As a post in this comment, he has not streamed. Nor has the E3 video come out. <laughs> SMH, what a monster. This is so sad, Alexa. Can we hit 15 likes? 
<laughs> if you don't get that editing job, I shall be mildly annoyed with that person. Good job on daily uploads, by the way. Wink, wink. Nah, but for real, videos every other day is better IMO. Less overwhelming for both the creator and the viewer. Jesus told you the ways of content creation. Bless you. And now apparently toast can supercharge a person into having an incredibly productive day. Time to only ever eat toast so I can get everything done before I even know what needs to be done. That Breath of the Wild video is quality. Can't understand why a lot of people went over to dislike it, though. Maybe it's something you said about Ocarina of Time or Twilight Princess. Or maybe it's just Reddit idiots doing what they do best. Be stupid. I'd love to see a series on video game tutorials. It's not something I've seen around just yet. Just another thing possibly restricting podcasts early days, internet speeds. It's 2018 and I'm sat here with 0.6 megabits per second upload speed. So imagine what it would have been like in the early internet days trying to upload an hour's worth of audio with slower upload speed than that. Pain. Discord is a lifesaver simply because it shot Skype in the head. Anyone still using Skype for podcasts needs to reevaluate every choice that they've ever made. <laughs> I'm lucky since I feel like I've always known what a podcast was. When I used to live in my old house as a kid and my dad would be looking after us, he would often be listening to podcasts on iTunes, usually sports related. I was always slightly interested in them, but I was a kid, so I probably didn't want to sit for hours and hours listening to people talk. And there are multiple attempts on Spoiler to revive the podcast, and each time they would devolve into a shit show. Now it's changed over their mouth. Podcasts without a topic seem slightly pointless to me. What's the point in having an aimless podcast? The conversation likely won't flow and it will be full of tangents. You likely won't get to flesh out any points you want. And to me, it just feels empty. And Aiden is right. When I realized this podcast was a thing and both of you would be expanding more on your opinions on content creation, it definitely sold it to me. What kept me here was how both of you compliment each other, your conversations flow easily, and you both have interesting points of view. Obviously, there's something going right. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sat in a three-hour podcast typing up a goddamn third testament. <laughs> it's definitely a good thing you didn't remain LB-centric. It's a topic that's extremely limited in topic points and would have gotten very repetitive very fast. It wouldn't have ended much faster. Having a YouTube-centric podcast allows for a lot more topic points and allows for you to expand other places beyond YouTube. Good choice, lads. You did good. The only thing about consuming other podcasting to grasp on what your own podcast will be like is that it could lead to just straight-up emulation. Simply emulating another podcast won't work since those people have their own dynamic that works for them, and it probably won't work for you since you aren't them. To create a good podcast, you need to find your own flow. Find what makes your podcast your own instead of emulating another, and this can definitely be applied to 99% of all content creation. Find your own flow. Despite being a fairly extroverted person, I do just enjoy listening to people have interesting conversations, educational, entertainment, or whatever. I can listen to people talking for hours so long as they're interesting, and I feel like it's something associated more with introverted people. I don't know why, maybe that's just me, but I feel like listening to a conversation is considered more of an introverted trait? Maybe me being fairly extroverted is what bursts these huge comments might need to add to the conversation. Podcasts on YouTube are great because I can do things like this. I don't know if there's any other platforms <laughs> that allow me to write comments like this. I'd also use my iPod to listen to download a podcast if it weren't currently using it for music. Being able to listen to podcasts in places without internet without needing to use data sounds, amazing. Because I'm cheap and I hate using data. I'm also going to chill on this comment because it's just way too long and I'm only an hour in as of this section. Two hours in now. I'm also going to have to cut it short right here since I don't want to have you guys talking for ages. Plus, I don't have enough time tonight to listen to the whole podcast. Enjoy what you got here, Lamau. Edit number one. Oh my god, I just noticed <laughs> you spent an hour reading comments. What have I done? Also, Pornhub is a surprisingly good company. And my hatred of Twitch's layout is more of a personal thing. It's got too many things going on at once for me, and it just feels like a general mess. If I didn't have the glitch problems, I wouldn't hate Twitch, though. Edit number two. Oh Christ, okay, I forgot about the question of the day. I'm pretty sure I've already answered this comment, but this podcast is currently my favorite. And yes, it's mostly based around how the two of you managed to take an educational topic 
and turn it into something more casual and entertaining. I don't have enough time to always watch the H3 podcast, so I usually watch highlights, but I do love that podcast. They have some really interesting guests to manage to take a podcast that isn't centralized on one topic and prevent it from becoming a completely disorganized mess. Kind of like this paragraph is a disorganized mess. It's well-organized, it's visually appealing, <laughs> they always seem to have an interesting guest and most interesting topics, and having a guy to chance scenes for them doesn't hurt. Whoa! I did it. I ran through the whole thing. I did it. Good job. Uh, how quick was I? I don't. I didn't time myself there, but um, less than ten it was, minutes. Uh, it was a few minutes. Less than ten. Yeah, not not bad. Not too bad. Not bad. Thank you for the fucking third testament patient. <laughs> I'll say that up front before I get angry. <laughs> Uh, in all honesty, I actually really do appreciate like your thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate everybody's thoughts like this. Um, I, I mentioned Aiden before the podcast in future episodes. We might like redact comments just a bit, just to, like make it easier so that like like when you say this is so sad, Alexa, can we hit fifteen likes? I fucking love that, <laughs> but obviously it doesn't like add anything to the conversation for the podcast. It's more of like a joke for me and Aiden. Right. Um, <laughs> so. We'll probably like redact them in the future just to make it easier for us to read and talk about. But uh, there's some good stuff in here for sure. I agree. Um, thank you for for all the all the support as always. We appreciate that. Um, podcasts uploading them with very slow internet is is a pain in the ass. Agreed. That would suck for sure. <laughs> um. One of the things I would suggest is how is your college internet? Because I know you go to college. I know you like, like have to have to go there throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have like, you could even do this on your iPad or your phone or whatever. Um, you could just upload your your podcast that way. I think she what um, she was mentioning there was like doing that. back in the days of dial up or whatever. It probably, yeah, probably limited a lot of podcasts from getting created at the time. Definitely, but. That's uh, I mean, we talked about kind of like not having internet or something earlier. That is an issue that people deal with. I want to point out that I did do that art stream. I haven't done the E3 video yet, but I did do the art stream. So, ha. Huh. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah. um, as far as podcasts without a set topic, I think it depends on the people. I'm okay with watching um, it, So I'm cool with it, too. It, it, if you put it in the form of this is a comedy podcast. Right then it works, right? Like, you have to make it work for the audience. You can't just call it two buds chatting about and then not have, like, a format of any sort in which you can, like, frame it, right? Like, there still needs to be some some sort of format. It still needs to have, you know, you just got to frame it in the, in the mindset for the audience, basically. Pretty much. Uh, um, what else? I think the thing about whether or not extroverted people or introverted people mm-hmm. enjoy listening to conversations more, I consider it more of an introverted thing. Oh, absolutely. The idea of like being kind of in your own head, listening to other people talk rather than focusing on the outside world and stuff like that. I consider that to probably mm-hmm. be a little bit more introverted. Um, but that being said, the people who do podcast probably are a little bit of the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm right in the middle. I, I really am. I am I'm just as much introverted as I am extroverted. Um, so it's really weird. But yeah, listening to people is definitely more of an introverted trait. Um, talking to a group of people is more of an extroverted trait. 
So, you know, if you're more extroverted, you're going to find make doing a podcast a lot easier. If you're more introverted, you're going to like listening to podcasts more. I think, I think that's what it comes down to. Agreed. Also, the thing about just straight up emulation. Mm-hmm. I think in a world of YouTube copycats, emulation is just going to be a thing that we're going to see for a long time now. And while I don't approve of it and don't necessarily support it, it is part of a path to eventually getting to the point of creating your own stuff. And for that, I'm okay with it. Yeah, no, I I think completely that emulation is almost a step that someone needs to take to be creative. I mean, we, as a musician, you have to learn classical music because it's the tradition and it's what's been happening for fucking, you know, 3000 years. That's too much, but you get my point. Like, you know, you learn, if you go to music school, you learn classical music, you just do, and you have to emulate it to the exact way that they did it before you can start creating your own music or whatever. Um, if you're doing jazz, you have to emulate the, you know, what's come before. If you're, if you're a writer, you need to read a lot or else you're never going to know how to write properly. You're never going to, you know, I, I think that even on YouTube, I think the emulation is important. Now there's, there's a difference between emulation and copying. Sure. Like if you start a video, that's a let's play and you you say top of the morning to you, laddies. My name is Jack Septicai. Then you're copying, right? Right? Like, you know, if you do it and you 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 use their exact intro but put in your name, you're still copying. There's there there is a there is a line that has to be drawn here. Um, you can't do the exact same. You can't make a review like your movie sucks and edit it the exact same way and use the same script and talk. With the same inflections, that's copy. Right. But you can review the same movie that he reviews, and you can use some of the same footage. And have a similar and style. you can even have the same, a similar style or even some of the same opinions about it. But it has to be coming from you. It, it just comes to down comes down to, like, what's your truth, right? Yeah. And there's definitely and, a and point where from there. you can't emulate forever and you can't copy forever. And you have to put right. forth well, then, the effort to evolve and move on. There are some people who right. are simply going to emulate, feel comfortable emulating, and then stay in that lane. And that can become a problem, too. Absolutely. I mean, then you just get creatively stuck. Right. And then you you just, you won't go anywhere. I mean... You have to move on at a certain point. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's definitely a difference between that and, like, deceiving people and passing yourself off as someone else in an attempt to make money or something like that. Like, that's shitty, obviously. Don't do that. Um but straight up, like, trying to emulate people or get a style, I think, is sort of one of the ways that, like Zach mentioned, you sort of learn the trade and learn how to do it and then try to improve upon it from there. Yeah. Let's see. But, uh, is there anything else? Thank you for, for saying this is your favorite co- podcast. Appreciate it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Figured, like, you answered the um, question of the day correctly by saying us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all you had to do right there. You, you win. You win the question. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think that's it. I think we got everything. Yeah. Cool. Well, this is this has been 
It's been the episode. Another one. Another one in the back. Kind of a kind of a retread of some stuff. We've talked about a, bit. a lot of the stuff before. Um, but we haven't made an entire episode focusing strictly on problems before. Um, so that's interesting. Plus, if you don't want to have to go back and listen to 18 podcasts and just want the pitfalls, you can get them in one episode now, which is just convenient to other people. Yeah, that is true. That being said, though, episode 20 is coming up next. And uh, oh we got some plan that we've been wanting to do for a while now, and it will be a new topic. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> there we go. Should be good. But uh, as always, thank you for listening to the episode. Thank you for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, remember that this is on a lot of different platforms, including Spotify now, which is great. Hey. If you want to help the channel and the podcast in any way, you can check out patreon.com slash Zack Snyder Productions. Uh, just put in a little message that you're supporting another YouTube podcast and we'll put that money directly towards this podcast in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are not already on Aiden's channel, go check it out. It's in the description box below. Appreciate it. Check out all our social media stuff. Um, help us get popular so we can help you even more. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Real talk. The more experience we have on YouTube, the more we can help you. Sure. <laughs> Question of the day. Um, yeah, go for it. Question of the day. If you are a YouTuber out there, what's what's your big problem right now? What's your big issue? And maybe yeah. we can end up making an episode out of it as a whole. And maybe I'm talking all stages of YouTuber here. Whether you haven't made a channel yet, but you think about making one, or you've made one and you're early on, or maybe you're later on, like years ahead, and you want like some kind of you know future-proof <laughs> problem or something like mm-hmm. that. We'll try to answer it. We'll try to uh, do it, but we got to know what, what's your big YouTube problem right now. What's a pitfall that you're struggling with? Maybe we can help you out of it. Maybe we can. Yeah. So with that being said, I've been Zach. I've been Aiden. And we want to thank you for listening to this episode of another YouTube podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.